Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast that celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. And I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we are uh, we have just wrapped up Van Damme Valentine, so we are coming off we an have. entire month of JCVD vehicles. Yes, and how, John, how <laughs> did we decide to return to the, the normal flow of the Well, podcast? we thought we would kind of segue ourselves slowly, so we're going to start with a, a movie starring one of Van Damme's co-stars from one of his movies. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who remember the classic buddy action comedy double team, that was Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. So we thought, yes. let's take, I believe, the only other Dennis Rodman movie that exists... Uh, <laughs> and watch that. So we are talking about 1999, Simon Says. But we are not the only ones who watch this movie, Lisman. We we do no. we do have a guest for this episode somehow. And as I want to state uh, clearly here, we would not subject anyone to this by our choice. This is entirely this man's choice, a clearly unstable human being who chose... <laughs> To watch this movie alongside us, and that is uh, the re- our returning guest and good friend Alex Schaefer is with us. Hey, hello everybody, Alex. Come on, you got to explain yourself on this wow. one because when I saw your name pop up on the calendar for this, I thought, oh no, no, come on. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> not that not I don't want. Al- I love Alex and I want him on the show, but I for his own sake, I I thought I can't subject him, and also as we'll talk about. Your wife as well to this movie. Yep, uh, my wife Kate did watch this movie with me as well. Um, and in my brief skimming of the movie, um, I just saw that it was a, a Dennis Rodman film, and I figured that's the dumpster fire I want to hitch my wagon to. <laughs> little do you know, little Dennis know. Rodman, not the dumpster fire in this picture. No, no, because little did I know it was co-starring Dane Cook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh boy. Oh, yeah. and you get uh, you get a full dose of Dane Cook in this thing. Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did what did y'all think of this film? Like just just general like basic <laughs> take on this. Did you guys have fun watching this film? In places. <sighs> yeah. In places I, had, I did. I had fun in the pain maybe yeah it was it was pretty brutal yeah because listen this one you and i have talked about this before that when we you know we watch a lot of bad action movies on here but the really tough to sit through ones are the ones that are attempting to be funny yes that's where trouble really happens in these movies yeah and oh boy this movie I mean, the, 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 the comedy in this, and I said this to Alex before we started recording, uh, the comedy in this is, the only word I can describe is sweaty. 
Yes. The comedy here aggressively trying, sweat like it is, flop sweat comedy. It is literally like somebody running around in front of you going, Yeah da 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 I'm trying to be real funny, yep, but da 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 including we'll talk about Dane Cook's comedy theme throughout the movie when all of a sudden the score just starts going boom 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 we're doing comedy you know and i hate I'm surprised I it's not hate, like a trom like a tr trombone it's, or something it's only like a hair off from that basically and i <laughs> one of the things i fucking hate is comedy music like the idea that like this music needs to tell you that something wacky is happening now Otherwise, i hate that you know. in any movie and i really hate it here because my god i just kept thinking they thought audiences were gonna laugh at this shit I mean, I laughed in places at just like, what is, what? Yeah, the audacity of some of the scenes in this movie were certainly laugh out loud. Like, you're just going like, how did none this of make them, the cut? None of them involved Dane Cook. I mean, there, I will there's say. There's no laughter about that character. Lisman, the the 2022 Shelfie Awards are still nearly a year away. Like, we have, you know, <laughs> nine more months of movies. But this this is going to be hard to beat for the hardest to watch award. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm 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 split here because yes, everything with Dane. Are you Cook kidding me? Around Dane Cook was was just awful. Was just oh, I mean, painful to watch. We'll go through it, but I mean, truly dreadful. But there are some sequences in this movie that are so stupid funny. I. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll get into the specifics yeah. here, but yeah. I mean, so this was... is as we said, this is 1999. Simon says, "My only knowledge of this movie is I remember it on like the aforementioned and the titular from the show and where it got its name, Action Shelf at like a video store, like a Blockbuster where yes. I would pass over this and go like, oh, cuz I had seen Double Team when it came out cuz of as we often talked about, I was a Van Damme devotee as a kid. So, but, uh, and I, I do remember thinking that one was weak specifically because of Rodman. Um, and so I was going like, oh my God, they gave that guy a starring vehicle and I would just pass right past it. So I've yeah. never, I'd never seen this one. I'd only ever, I knew it existed though. Is this the same, is this the same production company that made that movie? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted to make yes. sure. Some so somebody saw Dennis Rodman in the first movie. You said double, double team, team, right? Yeah, and they're like, "This guy needs his own film." <laughs> I part yeah. of me is glad that it wasn't a different person who also saw. No, this does have Rodman some of the same because... producers. I don't know if it's the same production okay. company, but it is some of the same producers. At okay. least, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, some of the same. Did people. Kim Jong Un uh, produce this? <laughs> Funded entirely by North Korea. <laughs> Um, yeah. No, he wasn't. That wasn't this era of Dennis Rodman. Of uh, Dennis Rodman. Okay. That's more okay. modern Dennis Rodman, uh, who who has who has become excellent, very close friends with North Korean <laughs> dictator Kim Jong Un. Because Kim Jong Un, big time basketball fan. I mean, you know, basketball is a fun sport to watch. Yeah, I don't know. but it's uh, it's it's always. I mean, it's always that kind of um, weird dichotomy within. Uh, Kim Jong-un, right, that he's this terrible dictator who's always saber-rattling as the U.S., but then, like, loves U.S. action movies and basketball. Like, the dude clearly loves the U.S., but also, I mean, aside from the human rights atrocities, is always, like, threatening the U.S., but you're just going, like, but yet you constantly are consuming our pop culture, and, you know, 
I mean, our pop culture is pretty uh, uh, addicting. I'd it's say. the best thing that's going for us as a country. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> the mean, like one. It it's the one objectively good thing we add to the world. <laughs> yeah, you could call this movie a human rights atrocity. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I yep. I think that's right, and I I, I bet Kim Jong Un has the uh, lobby poster for this movie up in his uh, he has, palace. He has. The VHS, he mm-hmm. has the laser disc, <laughs> the he has the DVD, <laughs> he has the box set. He's the, the only f- one with a Blu-ray. They never released yeah. one, but he had one made. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll he start, made his own commentary for the film. I'll start off with this, as always, because I do have the budget for this movie. I would like the two of you to take your best guess, having watched this movie now, and thinking, once what? again, in 1999 dollars, how much did this movie cost? thinking about movies that came out in 1999 which as we discussed is a primo year for this the, is this is the, the this Hollywood is the year the matrix comes out <laughs> yeah. uh, oh so my goodness the matrix comes out um uh episode one the phantom menace comes out in 99 um so this is like a year where special effects are being greatly forwarded uh not by this movie this movie has atrocious <laughs> cgi in it um Gosh, okay. uh, I believe Fight Club also is 1999. Um, there's, the, I mean, there, the, there's an entire book about this called like Best Movie Year, that's all about the the films of 1999 and how it changed movie making. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've, got, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at some other 1999 movies here that aren't like effects blockbusters, but you have things like uh, American Pie comes out that year, The Green Mile. Uh, the Boondock Saints. That's more of a cult hit, but still. Uh, the Mummy, the first Brendan Fraser Mummy comes out that year. That was a huge game changer in CGI. Yeah. 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 So that, I mean, it was kind of the year where we were seeing some of the Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton movie. Um, oh, really? That came out this year? Yeah, 99. Oh, interesting. Blair, I thought Blair Witch later. Project, you know, smaller movie, but once again, like changed horror. Office Space really comes changed. out in 99. Oh. Yeah, oh, Galaxy Quest. Uh, yeah, I mean it wow. was it was a great year for movies. Uh, yeah, and then and then this came out. <laughs> uh, uh, the the Pierce so, Brosnan uh, World is Not Enough, which is a fairly solid Bond picture. Yeah, middle of the road, I'd say, mm-hmm. as far as Bond movies. Yeah, but um, if you're middle of the road of twenty five Bond movies, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, there's what we're saying is lots of good, and I think that's interesting. World's Not Enough came out this year because you want to talk about a movie that is very much in the Bond mold. This oh, is this is a there were some references in this movie for yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I just kept going like so. So basically, the entire pitch for this movie seems to be Dennis Rodman is James Bond, but the movie is stupid. Yeah, but if it was really <laughs> dumb, so dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing where it's like, uh, even the worst Bond movie is light years beyond this thing. Well, they they seem to take inspiration from so many better spy and action movies, but yeah. in the dumbest way possible. Absolutely. But I want to get back to what you think this movie cost. Because, oh, right, yeah, yes. 1999, uh, the budget for this movie would have been... I'm going to go... So Dennis Rodman's original basketball number was 10. And then his next basketball number was 91, which adds up to 10. Mm-hmm. And then oh, his next uh-huh. basketball number was 73, which adds up to 10. So I'm going to say 10 million. Alex Damn. is 10, 10 million. Lesman? 
that's really hard to refute. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Uh, I'm gonna say seven and a half million. Uh, I've been over guessing yeah. films recently, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and well, guess. Well, I'll say it right here. Alex hit it on the head. Ten million dollars. No way. Yeah, this movie costs ten million dollars. Guys, I think this conspiracy goes deeper than we even it than we think. gross so it cost 10 million dollars here is its worldwide gross 292,000 oh no <laughs> <laughs> oof <laughs> oh my goodness uh yeah it uh this thing came and went like nobody's business 12 people saw this in theaters. Yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much, yeah. That is. It was released uh, on uh, September 26, 1999, to an opening weekend of 185000 landing on ultimately a total gross of 292000 I think it was only in theaters for like two weekends, and then they like, get it out of here. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie uh yeah i uh i do like That's that so its foreign funny. title was super agent simon okay um, that it makes, makes more sense more. It does, yeah yeah uh also i do want to uh, talk about the poster for a second because when you talk about being duped about the lack of da- uh, about dane cook alex dane cook not on this poster yeah it is rodman it says at the top rodman simon says and then it's got the 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 kind of sexy assassin woman who's dennis rodman's love interest the hunky boyfriend guy and then Uh, the the and then the two funny tech monks funny in quotations yeah 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 yeah, yeah. funny in quotations yeah because honestly (laughs) they were they were racing Dane Cook for the most annoying part of this movie. And I think Dane Cook clearly a- wins on just uh, – he has more screen time, so he's more annoying. He's more but they're they're right up there with him. It's hard, Yeah, it is hard to, to de- uh, say definitively who was more obnoxious in this yeah. movie uh, out of the three characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a race to the bottom for sure. So, uh, yeah. So that is interesting that Dane Cook not on the poster for being the second lead of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he's in this movie a lot. Like, way too much. Yeah. Now, Dane Cook was not the original choice for this part, though. Uh, Yeah, I bet. Uh, Well, here's the thing. Wait. And imagine this movie. I'm not saying this movie would have been good, but it would have been much more tolerable had the original choice, Robert Downey Jr. What? Played this part. Robert what? Downey Jr. was the first choice for this role. Now, you got to keep in mind, this is Robert Downey Jr. in his troubled, drug-addicted face. So his career is really in trouble to the point that he would consider doing this movie. But he was supposed mm. to do it and then dropped out, and they got Dane Cook. Oh, good for him. But you know? imagine like, how much more watchable this would have been had that been Robert Downey Jr. It would have been a totally different film. Yes, yes. It would be removing the most obnoxious part of this film. Yeah, because uh, where, yeah. whereas Dane Cook is manic and insane, Robert Downey Jr., I think, would have been more like sardonic and you know quippy. And I think he would have brought... Uh, Dane Cook was so frenetic throughout like every single scene that I felt exhausted just watching him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, And it'd be nice to just have a break from the sheer stupidity. Also, I mean, mean, aside from being now a star, also just a great actor. Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. He would have been 
good actors act it's nice to have somebody in this movie who's just a good actor i don't you know what i mean uh, well okay there is uh, we'll talk about there are there is one person in this who is a very well respected actor uh which we'll get to um, gosh which is none of the performances were good so it's hard to know yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh, yeah uh let's so let's let's dive into this movie itself here uh clocks in at a healthy 85 minutes boy it felt longer to me though boy this is when i kept checking the time and going how are how is there 40 minutes left um <laughs> simon says uh and of course as a reminder from last week the tagline is it ain't over till simon says you don't get better than that man um i, I guess yeah <laughs> So we have Simon, no last name ever given in the movie, I don't believe. So it could be says. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Uh, who's an international, well, he's an Interpol agent, right? But really in the kind of Bondian mold of international super spy, right? Yes. We never see any kind of like, um, there's no boss or any kind of hierarchy no. or structure. There's Yeah, there's no M who's checking in on his progress. Right. And Interpol know? is a in reality of course an actual international police organization so you would think it's not like a secret <laughs> well that's the other thing that's weird is he's a secret agent for a not secret organization yes that's what's strange to me about him being an interpol agent like those are those are, are really you, are, just cops with international jurisdiction who mainly are you like saying fugitives. that the creators of this film put no research into which uh organ organization he works for i think that's you're, right you're i think tell me that the people I, who wrote this movie didn't know anything about what they were writing about i think huh. that might be the case because i will say <laughs> the only fact i could find about this movie was that thing about robert Downey jr other than that i have no information about the making of this movie i would be surprised if anybody involved remembered <laughs> making this movie like i'm sure everybody was on some sort of drug had to be well i mean it feels like a fever dream there's no question that uh uh rodman was i mean rodman i'm sure was just partying it up uh all the time here uh this movie also uh has a yes zero percent rating on rotten tomatoes a straight (laughs) zero not a single positive review for this movie yeah uh and uh Ringo Lamb, I believe, who did direct Double Team, was originally going to direct this movie but dropped out. And we get Kevin Elders, who is the director of this movie. And I have not clicked to see what he made here. Let me see here. Kevin, because <laughs> I will say this is not well directed. Um, let's see here. Oh, this is one of only two movies he directed. Okay. Huh. Uh, the other uh-huh. one is a movie that I have been uh, bouncing around the calendar here to maybe do on the show, which is terry hatcher and rob lowe in jane doe does this does watching this movie make you want to put that on the list more or less well i'll say this it makes me want to put it on the list more because now that i click on it i see that the villain from detention is in this movie okay (laughs) and that guy was pretty wild yeah yes that guy was pretty crazy and also i'll just say terry hatcher and rob lowe i'm inclined to watch that um sure. yeah. i mean you you have better actors to start with in this movie so uh but uh he's most famous for writing the iron eagle franchise this guy he did not direct but he wrote the iron eagle movies this guy and did the, he did he write this movie 
Uh, did he write this movie? Let's see. No. No. Doesn't he, look like he it. He did not. So, okay. I don't know. Okay. You know, but um, we've talked about doing Iron Eagle on the show, and I think well, we will at some point. Yeah, it seems like because that's the B right Top Gun, right? Like that's the that's the the cheap knockoff of Top Gun, right? Exactly. So it feels right up our alley. Uh, anyway, um, so just for context of, yeah. of this film, yes. so so a couple of things have happened before the making of this film. Yeah, uh, I specifically looked this up beforehand because I just wanted that through line. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Space Jam yeah. comes out 1996. Yes. It's it's a it's a huge hit. Big it's hit. not a great film, but you know, I think we all think of it. It was fondly. a cultural um, touchstone though for like our generation, no question about it. Exactly. Uh so then somebody was like, "Okay, if Michael Jordan can be a like a like a movie star, <laughs> they, let's you're living, get somebody else from his team." They just went down uh, the line of they're like Scotty Pippen said no. Pippen, Steve no, Kerr said yeah. no. Okay, Rodman. Uh, <laughs> I guess Rodman. Yeah. Rodman will apparently do anything for money. No, um, I, so. I I I probably they went to Rodman next cuz Rodman was such an outrageous character. Right? right I mean, exactly. he was he had huge personality on the court. Yeah, it uh, did not translate uh, onto film. No, but, I, know, I think they thought it did, though, because he was basketball's bad boy, uh, of right. course. Um, you know, and yeah. I mean, it is funny this, like, let's get the guy who had great defensive skills and was just known for being an asshole to people. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was pretty much his job what? on the Bulls. And, and, and I highly recommend, don't watch this, watch, if you haven't seen The Last Dance the 10 part ESPN documentary about the, the Michael Jordan, Chicago bulls. It is a riveting and really well done documentary, whether you're into sports or not, it's just an interesting portrait of those guys in that team. Um, like but that force. In a, in yeah. A, I mean, they won six NBA. championships. Like that's the <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. But Rodman's job on the team basically was to piss off the other team. <laughs> Get in people's faces, be the asshole. So that then, other people would be distracted and Jordan could dominate. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, kind of, and, and and I think that was, I, I say all this because I think that's the kind of attitude they thought he would bring to the screen. Like, oh, he'll right. be the wisecracking badass. And maybe that could be possible were the direction, were the direction a little bit better, you well, know? Like is, there are ways to get it, people who are not performers to Well, and to I do, I, I will say, out of I think he, he's not good, but he is better being the second banana to Van Damme. You know what I mean? Like, the first thought was, let's make him the sidekick of the action guy. And you're like, okay, that's probably a better instinct. And maybe he needed yeah. a couple more of those before he went out uh, and, uh, uh, and and tried his own thing. The other thing that is, and look, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that you can't be a movie star and be this, but he is six foot seven, and that mm. is an awkward height on screen. And you see it a lot in this movie. Like, just framing him with other people, he is so much taller than every person in this movie. Yes. And it's, yes. And it's weird. And the other thing is, if as a covert operative, the guy with the brightly colored hair, uh, earrings, uh, you know, many piercings, and he's six foot seven. Yeah, he, does, he stands out. He does stick out like a sore thumb, yeah. yeah. The other thing that makes it very hard, and, and I, I'm sure you guys clock this as well, the very obvious stunt doubles 
when it's not him <laughs> because it's a guy wearing that brightly colored yellow wig. <laughs> I had to I had to rewatch the sequence of him riding the motorcycle down the stairs like two or three times because it's so fucking funny. Yeah. The wig is so bad. Yeah. The <laughs> fight so scenes bad. are pretty funny too because it's cutting back and forth between real Rodman and the stunt guy. You know, Did I mean, but not even not even Rodman's stunt double. Like one of the monks' stunt stunt oh, doubles when he's hanging off the bridge. That made me laugh. Absolutely, clearly, a man a third his size. It, yeah, because you have you have this morbidly obese monk, and all the fat jokes know no bounds. In so story. many fat oh. jokes. Yeah, um, it's his and, one bit. And so the the two monks were named Micro and Macro. Yeah. Hmm. Guess who was named who? Yeah. yeah seriously. <laughs> the mm-hmm. large monk was named Micro yeah. because comedy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, once again, and look, I know it's Micro and Macro, so it's not the same thing, but as a huge Punisher fan, Punisher's tech guy and weapons guy is named Micro, and so I'm like, no, come on. They should know that. Anyway, that's just my comic book nerd being like, yeah, well, well technically... They might- that's not. There might be some influence there. They, this movie is drawing weird influences well, from. I'll tell you the weird things thing. that are much better than it. John Panette, who plays Micro in this movie, is in the Tom Jane Punisher movie. He doesn't play Micro, but still, mm. he's in. He's later in an actual Punisher movie. That, that, um, is, that is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, which and we we have promised at some point we will do the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie on this show. That will happen. Yes. <laughs> that will happen. Um. <laughs> Yeah. More, that sounds like a threat when you say it that yeah. way, John. Yeah. A Punisher movie, by the way, where he never wears the skull. <laughs> it's the simplest fucking superhero costume, and they couldn't yeah. even do that. I love it. Um, uh, I don't, but I, I mean, I do now because there's good Punisher movies, but at the time, mm. that was all we had. Um, so anyway, back to this movie. Uh, yeah, so we have... Another thing you talk about, you don't you don't want to stand out. Well, how about the fact that he rides around in a bright yellow motorcycle outfit on his bright yellow motorcycle? You know, I I can see where Quentin Tarantino got the inspiration for Kill Bill. From. Yeah, every time yeah. he rides around, you want ding a ding ding a ding a ding a ding. Starts playing Battle Without Honor, or but I don't remember. I believe it is Battle Without Honor. Is correct? Yeah. Right. Uh, that would be. I, I would actually legitimately love that. <laughs> dun, 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 I mean, it's just a great song, but it is. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a, it's. And as I think we've told that story before on here. I don't know that it's a. It's a. It's a song from a not very good movie. But Tarantino always thought that not very good movie has a kick-ass score. So I'm just going to repurpose it. It's like that uh, Smashing Pumpkins song. Uh, that oh, was from Batman Watchmen and Robin, trailer. and then Watchmen. Right, exactly. it, it was so much more effective for Watchmen <laughs> than Batman, yeah. than that terrible yeah. Batman movie. Um, so don't besmirch Batman and Robin. Oh no! I did. See, this is when you. <laughs> by the way, when you said your wife Kate enjoyed this movie, my first thought was I've had actual conversations with her where she's greatly defended Batman and Robin. So <laughs> that may yeah. actually tonally speaking, pretty similar. I think. Batman and Robin in this movie have very similar uh, yeah. tones. Yeah, similar yeah. senses of yeah. humor for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just oh that movie. So I think my sister watched that movie for the first time as an adult and went, "This movie must make you so mad." She said to me, "Because <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, knows yeah. how seriously I take the Batman." Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> my first note just says drone shenanigans. We have this. Oh, this terrible CGI bee? bee? Yeah. It was a fly. 
It was a fly, then it's a bee. That's what I thought. Well, because it, it gets smashed in the beginning, right? That's right. And so they have, they have a fly one, end. then they have a bee one at the end. But yeah. these, <laughs> it's not, it's way bigger than a normal fly. It's clearly made of metal, and people are acting like, yeah. Get this I mean, fly out of here. Technically, hornets that large, but the, those will kill you if they sting you. So it's not really subtle. And I, I, they um, keep cutting back to the two micro and macros tech guys who are in these. What we'll later discover are monk robes. Right here, my note just says Jedi robes. Question: I couldn't figure I out why they were in there. these robes. I, yeah, I was wondering if like it was part of their like contract to to have to wear the robes like dennis rodman required them during the interview <laughs> well like, i thought here's to let you know here, i prefer my coworkers to have robes on for some reason here's what i was waiting for i was waiting for yeah. the pullback to them also playing a DD game and they're in costume because that's a very <laughs> classic like movie presentation of role-playing nerds is that yep. you wear costumes when you play DD, which is which, so fucking fair. offensive I mean, you know, I, I've worn uh, I've worn some robes uh, as a dungeon master in my time. You know, I can't I can't deny the power. Let of Let me the just robe, say, there's but, enough uh, movies and TV shows that present it as the norm that everyone on the table is in costume. True. Yeah. Uh, that it always is like I don't think so. But of course, we get the first one-liner here, which is really only a one-liner, and there's way more of these in Double Team. But particularly here, we get we have to always acknowledge that he is Dennis Rodman, basketball player. So one of his first lines is. It's game time. <laughs> uh, and this is him versus the, who I just refer to as the motorbike punks. I oh. referred to them as Clockwork Orange Gang. Well, yes. When we finally later see them in their full makeup and everything, they are, I mean, it, it almost legal, act, legally actionable Clockwork Orange Gang. <laughs> See, like the hats thinking, and everything. Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of like the Warriors cross with Mad Max. Yes. It was... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's but, some of that too. I think you're right about the Warriors thing because some of them have Clockwork Orange makeup, but some of them have like Baseball Fury makeup from Warriors. That's, that some is. Some have full face I paint. I dubbed them the inane mime posse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, they, they they are never explained. I don't think. They no. work for the the main bad yeah, guy. Yeah, but right? like why uh, they they, they we we understand they are like the henchmen of the main bad guy, but why they look this way, who they are, did he ask that, them to dress up like this? I don't I know. Think so. They're like Batman 66 villains where they have to all code themselves to match whatever villain they're working for. I think yeah. Well, cuz the whole thing is taking place in France, yes. right? And this movie and the villain is kind of French. He is. He's played French. by a French actor. Yeah. And oh. it it almost is like I think they were going for something thematic, and it just doesn't pay off. Because uh, well, he doesn't wear he doesn't wear clown. No, he's a no, we, but he sure acts like one. We have to well, talk about this guy. This is uh, Jérôme Prédon, uh, yeah. who is a French actor, and this is who I'm, this man is a highly accomplished, greatly acclaimed stage actor. It's weird. I had the feeling he would be the one, even yeah. though. His only choice in this movie was to be very flamboyantly gay. Mm -hmm. That's the only that's the only note I got from he, his performance. Th this is this okay, so this guy's career. Uh he has starred uh in uh he was in the original French production of Les Miserables in oh, uh, nineteen ninety one. Uh, he also okay. starred in Miss Saigon, Assassins, Nine, Whistled Down the Wind, Titanic, Mamma Mia. Uh he has an Olivier Award 
for his performance in uh, Pacific Overtures, and uh, he's performed <laughs> he's performed for the Queen of England at uh, royal performances. Uh, he well, he did the French dubbing for the Phantom of the Opera movie. Uh, okay. And I think uh, you guys might be interested to know he originated the role of Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, the musical in 2007. Oh, Great. my yeah. goodness. This guy, though, I... is a highly acclaimed, once again, very well thought of theater actor, which you can kind of see because some of his big performance here could work more on stage. And two, yeah. he's obviously being directed to act like this. You yes. can imagine yes. him being directed. I mean, because like, you know, fuck this guy. This guy has. I mean, he has a fucking Olivier Award. All right, you would not expect anyone to have that in this movie. Um, I expect him to break into Richard the Third. You know, no, and he doesn't have a whole lot of movie credits. That's he's primarily a stage actor. And actually, looking yeah. at his IMDb credits, a lot of these are filmed performances of plays he was in, um, right. or of course yeah. French films. Except for he does play uh, Louvre conservationist in Justice League. I believe he's the guy at the. I mean, for those who remember Justice League, Zach he's the Snyder's, guy yeah. in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he was he made the theatrical cut too. They didn't cut him out of that. Um, hmm. But uh, I believe he's the guy at the beginning who goes, "So Diana, what were you doing this weekend?" You know, and she's like brushing off. Oh, I just stayed home. But of course, we know she was out fighting crime, right? Like that's that's yeah. that's the bit. I believe that's him. So you know, he he was in the fucking trailer. Uh, then, if that's the case, huh. so uh, good for him. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> This dude's slumming it hard is what I'm saying by being in this movie. Yes. <laughs> and yes. and if I, I will stand by, though. If you're going to slum it hard, this is what you do in one of these movies. You go fucking crazy big. Yeah, that's true. Like, you might as well have fun with it. And honestly, if, he, if it was just him who had this energy, I think we would be more okay with it as a crazy, over-the-top supervillain. But the problem yeah, is I, every I, character is this big. Oh, go ahead, Lisman. I was just gonna. I was just gonna. I couldn't help but think of the the Jean Claude Van Damme movie where he was the villain. Yes, because he was so big and extra. Yeah, but like it worked because nobody else was was that way. The, you know, and, and and we mentioned detention. That guy also was like that because yeah. you know if you're going. But the problem is here, pretty much everybody except Rodman is way over the top in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. it just creates. You talk about. One of the reasons somebody feels so long is you're just exhausted by these performances. <laughs> it's too much. I was overstimulated by this movie. Yeah. And the yeah. movie is also cut and shot in this very 1999, needlessly stylized, over-the-top fat. I mean, the movie is just so over-the-top. Yes. But I think I Rodman think the, is the... so subdued. I know, I know, and it feels so weird. Like every time he talks, you can just feel like the energy completely mm -hmm. leaves the room. You know, yeah, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because, like we said, the movie is just like exhaustingly frenetic. But like it, it just does not fit. I think everybody should have been maybe closer to Rodman's sort of energy level. Maybe I don't know if that would be any better, but. Uh, uh, I did not. I don't know, know if there's Dennis, any saving this movie. Listen, I'm looking at Dennis Rodman's IMDb, and Dennis Rodman did have an action television series. Oh, that I did not tell. know about. It's called Soldier of Fortune Incorporated. Okay. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> okay. And they Wait, made when did this uh, come out? 1997. So okay, technically before, before this, this uh, it went two seasons. So it actually ended this year uh, in '99. 
Uh, they made 37 episodes of it. We may have to check okay. out an episode of that show at some point. Um, oh, no. <laughs> we have talked about the idea of doing some uh, bonus content where we watch like, some pilots of action shows like Walker or like Soldier Fortune Incorporated. As long as it's just the pilot, John. Yeah, these um... would be one-offs. We wouldn't we wouldn't cover the whole show. Although, I wouldn't mind we doing could. a few walkers. You know, those those are those are that's fun. true. Those are fun. Those or are Hulk Hogan's fun. Thunder in Paradise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I did not know about that. Sorry, that distracted me there for a second. So anyway, um, he does have a sword cane though, and sword canes are one of my favorite things. Uh, the villain in this movie has a sword cane that, that he uses true. to yes. cut the drone fly in half. Because it's a gigantic metal flying bug, so he gets do that. Very obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and and also like the whole thing is uh, this this drone is flying around, and Rodman just go, keeps going, get it closer, get it closer to them, until eventually this thing is right up in people's faces. Not good. You can you can obviously see that it's a drone of some sort. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, his reasoning was that uh, they couldn't pick up the audio, but... Wouldn't they have some kind of... Also, I, the, I, you would think they would have a microphone in addition to the drone camera, right? Well, yeah. you would think that this thing seems so techno technologically advanced that the microphone on it should... It, it can fly, right? Yeah. It can fly and take video and be that I mean, small. Keep in mind, 1999, perfect like HD video this thing in a right. tiny little i mean it's a bigger than a normal bug but tiny by drone standards so yeah i mean this technology is incredible yet i can't hear it i mean even for now it would be impressive yeah but um yeah. uh <laughs> my goodness so the the motorbike punks start beating up this general that the villain is doing mm, business general with. eyebrows yeah I general eyebrows general eyebrows and uh Rodman does this insane, physically impossible motorcycle jump onto this one of the yeah. first of many. Yeah, there's a lot of motorcycle. If <laughs> this movie has a lot of motorcycle jumping in it, uh, and none of it makes any goddamn sense. Oh, uh, we'll talk about the thing he does in the tunnel later, which is oh, the tunnel, amazing. I mean, amazing that scene made me fall in love with this movie a little bit like just a little bit because it was it was so that wild that was a redeeming moment i would agree <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, uh so uh he rides around at one point two of the motorcycle punks pull out a chain pull it taut and he slides under it on his yeah, bike he does that a lot it's kind of like his main go-to move and all of this is with the helmet on so obviously it's not dennis rodman on the bike ever uh, i wonder how big the stunt double was you know what i mean yeah like it'd be hard to find a stunt man who is six foot seven it's a big problem uh they talked about this back over on the green mile the the incredible hulk podcast uh gregoni and i did that they had a hell of a time finding a double for lou ferrigno on that show because who had that size it's often a Just problem a if you have yeah. abnormally large uh actors right yeah uh well, it'd be also just a problem for riding a motorcycle because yes. <laughs> they're not built for six <laughs> foot seven guys right unless it's a custom made bike or something yeah but even still yeah that would be <laughs> it'd be a massive motorcycle if it actually fit. Yeah. i mean his knees would be touching the handlebars almost yes. i would imagine 
it's 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 an advantage to all the motorcycle stuff tom cruise does in uh, those mission impossible movies that he's at that's one of the advantages in being kind of a smaller guy uh yeah <laughs> uh so the bad guy does hit him with a one-liner here when he says when he finally sees dennis rodman without the helmet on he says when did interpol start hiring sideshow freaks says the man with the clown posse um <laughs> Well, the bad guys can hire side Joe Freeze, but when did Interpol start lowering their standards? Uh, mm. So the bad guy is able to escape here, and Dennis has to go back to... I want to talk about... their The base of operations for this is in a monastery, right? Yes. And now here's... Some sort of front. But here's the big... <laughs> are these... These guys aren't really monks, of course, right? No. But they're no. never not dressed like monks. They They commit... Yeah, to the role. that's the thing that There's, got me. Including yeah. having ceremonial robes at the end for the wedding. They have different, more formal, like, white monk robes at the end, which I thought was funny. What I honestly don't remember that part, because that was the very end of the film, and I would, and I basically <laughs> yeah. blocked it out of, out of my memory. But, oh boy, that's here come the antics. So this is, the, the, the two guys, Micro and Macro, are played by John Panette, who was a stand-up comedian as well, uh, and uh, Ricky Harris, who I don't know offhand. Oh, they're both yeah. dead. That's unfortunate. Uh, I knew John Panetta had died, but um, that's really sad. Uh, uh, oh, shit. Uh, the other guy, Macro, was in Heat. Oh. Like, my favorite movie ever. Uh I was, must have a small part. Was he like part. a legit actor or like, uh, or is he like a character actor? It seems or? like he's a guy who did an episode of TV here, a tiny role in some big movies here and there. Yeah, kind of a legit actor. I mean, uh, let's see. He also was a stand-up comedian, though. Okay, gotcha. He was part okay, of so he was, was part of the deaf first. comedy jam. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. It seems like this movie, like they're just like, let's just hire a bunch of comedians. Yeah, because you know? a lot of the and, cast and, are stand-ups. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. My God, this bit where they just start dancing here? <laughs> it, why? Yeah. Why? It comes it out of nowhere. No, it's brought on by nothing. They instigate it. Nobody says dancing before they do. And then they're just this, in their robes going, yeah, all right, come on, we're dancing. And this movie does the thing uh, a lot where it's like somebody does something that's supposed to be funny mm -hmm. and it's not. But then the characters in the movie have to react to it like it's hilarious. And it like, goes on. Um, like there's no yes. bit that doesn't go on too long. <laughs> we, I, we often joke about like, we wish that things would go on too long to an uncomfortable degree. Yeah. I guess this movie kind of did do that. Yeah, this we like it to movie. an awkward degree. This is trying to do it to like a wacky degree where it yeah. almost, the attitude almost seems to be like, if you're not laughing when it starts, maybe if it just keeps going, eventually it will be funny. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Because it's just uh, like, I mean, these guys dance for a while. And then, of course, my note here just says, Fatty wants food. Because that's the attitude yep. of the movie. Because he's he, it's like immediately is like, who cares about my diet? Yeah, or something. Let's get yeah. some Chinese food in France. I mean, maybe they would have it, but that seems kind of odd. By the way, though, you can't check this off on your bingo card. This movie was shot on location in France. 
Oh, well, there you go. It's not. Uh, this is not Bulgaria. We well, can see that it is clearly France. Yeah. Uh, this is not Bulgaria standing in for France. I, uh, I can't wait for the day where we are able to recognize like locations in Bulgaria <laughs> because it's filmed like so many of these. Movies Honestly, I think I'm getting close. I think I'm getting close to so, some of these movies are starting to look the same. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. I know that building in Bulgaria. <laughs> but yeah, th this movie did look specifically different because of that. It, yeah, it was noticeable. That this it was is filmed on this is this movie is cheap, but it does have a little bit more polish than some of the stuff we watch because this was theatrically released, right? So it's that not still blows my mind <laughs> that it was. Yeah, I mean, instant bomb. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, mine. It was it was theatrically released, but so damn close to basically just being straight to video because it came and went so fast. Um, yeah but uh yeah because like, who's gonna go to this anyway i want to talk we cut to this beach scene right suddenly we just cut to this idyllic beach and right. a character backflips into frame that's you know whenever i go to the beach i see people backflipping around uh <laughs> yeah oh totally common. uh yeah. I mean, and, alex you can do that right and, and I, i'm more of a back handspring kind of guy mm, gotcha right um can I say that the act... I didn't know this until I just clicked on it. This is the guy who backflips into frame. His name is Flip. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His name is not Flip. That's <laughs> my Oh, that. no! I was so his, excited. He's French. His name is Philippe, and I just missed that first eye. <laughs> Philippe <laughs> Nicolet. He's also... By the way, he's also dead. A lot of the Wait cast of this movie is dead. Rodman's still kicking, though. Yeah, Rodman is still kicking. Is, is Rodman offing the rest of the cast of this movie <laughs> they all have is, is they Dane all cook next i mean this guy died at 35 from a heart Whoa. attack um okay. but this guy was uh, in, in another of course classic example this guy was not an actor uh actually i don't even need to say that this guy is so fucking awful in this movie um the this is the this is the boyfriend of the girl that they're trying to save oh that guy does the flip into yeah yes. that's the guy yeah. who does the oh, flip I thought the Oh, I thought that was just a random end, like a random like. Mm. No, he's. We start on the girl, and then he flips into frame. Is like, hello, baby. Uh... Why? Why does he flip into frame? Because <laughs> you have to establish that this guy has some acrobatics that he does throughout the entire rest of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, well, is... so let's once again. I want to state this guy was not an actor, right? He was uh -huh. a champion gymnast. Also, a member of a boy also, band. Is that what you're going to say, Alex? Yes. He's the yeah. leader of a French boy band. Yeah. <laughs> he went from gymnast to leader of the uh, 2B3 is the name 2B3. of the band. Yeah. Uh -huh. A popular French boy band. Great. Um, and he is awful in this movie. <laughs> I mean, but I'll give him, I'll give him English is clearly not his first language. But even still, these line readings are so dull. Still preferred him to Dane Cook. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, Any Dane day. Cook made everyone else look like a competent actor in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he really did. All of a sudden, yeah, Dane Cook's on screen. All of a sudden, you're going, you know, Rodman's not that bad. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I walked away from this film. Yeah. Like, Rodman was the best performance. Yeah. <laughs> Which was not what I was expecting going no, into this. No, no, no. Certainly not. Uh, nope. Actually, one of the more accomplished, or at least just in terms of like credits, is this girl, Natalia uh, Siglu, Sigluti? Sigluti? 
playing Claire, right? Yeah, who's the who's the kidnapped girl at the center of this movie? She's been yeah. in many many things, going back to Saved by the Bell, the new class. She was oh, a regular okay. on there. She was part of the new class, um, <laughs> but has done a lot so, of TV and movies and uh, soap operas and. Uh, she does, was on all my children. She was on all my children. She did a voice in Mass Effect Two. Oh, uh, shit! She did the voice really? of Scarlet on one of the more modern GI Joe cartoons. So she she has a voice acting career. But okay. I mean, so she yeah she's she's a working actor. Even awesome. up to this day, she was just on This Is Us and was on a show called Deputy and like I mean yeah very much a, a working actress and actually she's not in the movie that much but she's totally fine when she is like in terms of I think. The the only problem with her is that her performance is is pretty grounded and realistic <laughs> and like fairly realistic yeah. as far as like being kidnapped yeah. is concerned. Like she does play that somewhat straight, mm -hmm. uh, and it just feels out of place because everybody else is like literally making yeah. fart jokes and falling into like quicksand. And, and she's just traps. like, "Excuse me, what is going on here? I don't understand." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the thing is that she doesn't even really get kidnapped until she gets air quote rescue that's well that, i couldn't follow this plot this yes well, this plot has so many issues so many issues I okay because there's two different blackmail subplots right well think, okay yeah. let's let's see if we can break this down just let's see if we can break down the plot of the movie okay so okay. The, the 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 thing at the center of this the MacGuffin at the center of this is this disc the right disc. Yeah. That controls some kind of weapon system. Am I right? Well, there's two. There's two MacGuffins. Oh god. Is the okay. thing is, I... is there's the disc. Yeah. And then there's the the weapon that it goes to. Oh, yeah, true. The disc is from the the from her the, father, right? The, right. Her father. Yes, because he's yeah. the, the head of a tech firm. Is from the general. Yes. General. And yeah, that's the... where that's where a problem sets in with the plot, especially <laughs> when you only have eighty five minutes. Yeah. And. The general is being leveraged by the boyfriend's dad. Yes. Okay. So somehow these two are in a romantic relationship while the villain is trying to blackmail both of their parents. Yeah. Coincidentally? That's, that was the thing I realized at a certain point. I go, she's not, she hasn't actually been kidnapped. She is just in a romantic relationship with the son of this guy, but he is saying, I have her. When really, she's just there consensually on vacation. But because yeah, she is with them, he is making it seem as if he has kidnapped her. I, at first, I thought that they're just, like, they have the veneer of her, like, like she's being tricked by his son, you know what I mean? That would have made like, more okay, sense, Lisman. <laughs> right, right. But that's that's where my on... that's where my head went. Yeah. It's all coincidental. I was in on it too. Yeah. No, it's all coincidental. It's all like happenstance, <laughs> and I've lucked into this. My son happens to be dating the daughter of the guy who invented this technology that the villain needs, and I and like can... if they if they explained it at all of like it started out like he wanted his son to court this person so that he could get this information. Yeah. But, but then like they actually fall in love. Right. But none of that is explained. Um, no, so. that would have been more interesting. Cause, cause, cause I mean, the thing is they want the son to be part of the, the heroes at the end of the movie, especially because right. Dean Cook is fucking worthless. 
Um, Why isn't the son just like the sidekick? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the one on the poster, right? It's not Dane Cook. Uh, right. So, I mean, I, I also was not prepared for how much Dane Cook we get in this movie. Um, yeah. Maybe we should actually... Uh, let's talk about Dane Cook's entrance. Rodman is playing... Is this bocce ball that he's yes, playing? Yes, bocce That's ball. what I thought, yes. yeah. I, I also realize as I'm watching this, I'm like, this must be bocce ball. But I also don't really know what bocce ball is. Like, I know it's a thing. And I'm watching going, this has to be what I'm looking at. I I, I loved how the scene started because it was so ridiculous where Rodden's lining up his shot. Yeah. And it kind of slows down time. And you get this, like, dramatic kind of, like, stereotypical, like, important yeah. sports movie moment music in the background. Mm-hmm. And then I think you get the only time the title is dropped Yes. Where Dane Cook says, Simon says, go for it. Yeah. And, and then Rodman just yeets the ball off off screen yeah. and you hear a cat yell. You hear you hear glass breaking and a cat yell. It's the most cartoonish That's thing. The, the height wow. of comedy right there. It was. Because you, I almost feel like they had the glass breaking and then in sound design, they're like, eh, we need something more. Uh, yeah, how about a cat? I, I will say I've been in that situation. Listen, a play you were in in college that I worked on the tech crew of uh, mm, called The Bow Stratagem yes. had a thing yes. where somebody fired a gun wildly, right? And we had the sound mm. of a glass breaking. And the director, I was in the sound design of this, and the director went, mm, shooting through the window isn't enough. Can we get like a chicken scurrying sound? <laughs> We did. We put it in there. He's like, now it's funny. Oh, and boy, John, I'm sure it was very funny. I thought it would was this too movie, much. Would this movie have benefited from a laugh track? Uh, uh, I couldn't uh, have heard it. <laughs> it couldn't have hurt the movie. I, it couldn't get worse. I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, we should re-edit the film and just put in a laugh track. So enter um, Dane Cook as his spy school buddy? They went to they went to Langley together. Yeah, they went to CIA training together, which it's impossible to believe uh, that Dane Cook was ever even like I know they talk about later he got thrown out, but it's it's impossible to me this character was even recruited by the CIA. In what world? Most incompetent human being. Like I assumed that uh, Claire's father sent Dane Cook. Because she want, or because he wanted his daughter to die. You know what I mean? Like he didn't I mean, care about his daughter's th- safety. This is a classic, incredible miscalculation of like an action comedy, right? Because yeah, I yes. love a like buddy comedy. I mean, we've talked about this how much I love like the Lethal Weapons and stuff like that. But you you can have a character be funny, but still be somewhat competent at being an agent. I mean, yeah. He can't pull his gun out of his holster. Like it's just, you're just going like, what? What? Like he's he not. He had his gun drawn on a bad guy, and then he starts doing a dinosaur impression for instead. a long, um, for a long like, time. Like maybe. And a this is one of three of... animal impressions he does. Because first, when he sees Dennis Rodman, he does a Chewbacca impression. Well, that's part of his stand-up. So like, yeah, these no, are yeah. all. That's yeah. That yeah. this was something I was I was saying to Alex before, and it almost felt like the direction was just like, "Do your act, Dane." Yeah. Well, that was also paired with some really casual transphobia. 
Oh, go- yeah. oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that does not yeah. age well at they were, all. They were discussing their, like, previous CIA... Instructor, whatever, I Instructor guess. or yeah. something, yeah. He, she, yeah. or whatever it is, I think is what he uh, says. Oh, my God. Good time. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, um, my God. And also, not only is that horribly offensive, but has nothing to do with anything. No, no. It, it didn't even need to be there. No. Do, do you think this was maybe part of Dane, Kick, uh, Dane Cook's set as well? I mean, like, I don't know if it was part of his set, but it certainly feels like something he probably riffed. Yeah, yeah. All of his, li- like, every single thing that Dane Cook did in this movie felt like he came up with it on the spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I uh, well, but before he came up with it, he did a line of cocaine and then yeah. and then perform. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> his energy, and he is always energetic, like in his stand-up mm-hmm. act. But here, especially in the context of an action film, you're just going, Jesus Christ! Somebody needs to calm this guy down. My God, I can't believe this. Uh, yeah. It yeah. is it is absolutely wild to watch because. That they do this ransom exchange, and we have Rodman. For some reason, in both this and Double Team, Rodman wants to present himself as a guy who knows martial arts. Now, Lisbon, like I want to the... talk about. I want because you know I want to talk about the fighting in this movie. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. it is certainly something. Uh, uh, is this like sort of like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of a thing? Maybe. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, like that was. I mean, you know, that was off. And then also, like, the yellow, you know, outfit was very reminiscent of, like, Bruce Lee from Game of Death. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm wondering if that was maybe a point of inspiration here. I don't, it I don't could know. have been. I mean, yeah. Bruce Lee is, you know, a major icon across uh, the world. Um, but yeah. I know specifically I've heard a lot of people talk about in the black community he was a big deal because they talk yeah. about he was – they talk about a lot of a lot of black kids growing up in the sixties and seventies. It was like, well, he's not another white guy. It was kind of a big deal, right? He's it's like, okay, we, yeah, we yeah. we don't we don't we maybe don't have a black action hero as of yet, but we do have this guy who's not a white guy and kicks ass. So that's kind of was, right. so. I think probably in the era that Dennis Rodman was growing up, Bruce Lee was probably a big deal. But Dennis Rodman doesn't know martial arts. Nope. No, he does not. <laughs> I mean, I believe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was at least training in martial arts when he did that stuff, wasn't he? He was. He was one of Bruce Lee's students. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. So it's like at least that—that's a one-to-one. I actually right, feel like Kareem sense. Abdul-Jabbar had a more successful acting career than Rodman, and he didn't do like a ton. Yeah. But you know, he's in airplane and stuff, and like he's. That's true, actually. That that might be in that, and that's a predecessor to to all of like <laughs> to Michael Jordan and 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 Dennis Rodman here. Yeah. Uh, he 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 had a natural sort of charisma, like on he did charisma. He did. Kareem Abdul Jabbar is just very likable, you know, and he's yes. very he's he's very likable. He's funny. He's seven too. He's even taller. Um, yes, but uh, there's he's also a very intelligent guy, and I don't know if you guys know he now uh, writes mystery novels and television. That's yeah. so cool. He writes a series was- of book. He writes the Mycroft Holmes mysteries. So he writes about. Sherlock Holmes's brother solving mysteries, and he was just on the writing staff for the last season of Veronica Mars. Oh shit! Yeah, that's wow. like that's what he does. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he's like I said, he's a smart guy who loves mysteries, and you know, and he also writes great op-ed pieces for the Hollywood Reporter that I highly recommend people check out. 
that are really okay. smart discussions of pop culture. Um, wow. Yeah, great guy. I uh, wish this. I wish this was a movie with, with Jabbar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I just he's just Rodman is not. He's just not a guy I want to get behind. Like, if, regardless no. of what I know about him in reality, just in general on screen, he doesn't. He doesn't come off as like, oh, that's that's our guy right here. That that's yeah. the that's the main character of a movie. Yeah, he's so yeah. he was always so weird and off putting just in general. Um, beyond his look, even just the thing. Anyway, he, he so Rodman beats up these guys right, and he's doing kicks and stuff. But there's lots of cutting. You talk Ew, about yeah. lots of cutting to hide Rodman doing any actual moves. Then you uh, you talk about the sweatiness of this. I want to talk about the sweatiness of this one-liner he gives here, which is he after he beats up these guys, he says to Dane Cook, "Tell me what's going on before I go Picasso on your ass and rearrange your face." Oh, I had that one written down too. I thought that was hilarious. But it's it's so like Tell me what's going on before I go Picasso on your ass is enough. It implies the rearranging of the face, right? The yeah. fact that the movie goes, no, people won't get that. Add, and I rearrange your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what I love about that one-liner that's too long. The best part is that when the way that Dennis Rodman delivers it, he's incredibly out of breath as if he did a, a fight yeah. scene, even though it was all stunt doubles, Yeah, but it's so breathy. It's not really, it's not very intimidating. I, no, I, I felt like, no, you know, then we um, get the first of another, we had a guy backflip into camera. Now we have yep. this woman just do a flying kick into the movie. <laughs> one you know, of two, that's how I enter flying, every... one of two characters that enter with a flying kick. There's another one later too. That's that's true. You know, that's always how I choose to enter. It's true, Listen, and we've asked you to yeah. stop. You keep damaging stuff and hurting people, but you refuse And hurting to. myself, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But, the, um, so this is Emma Wickland playing mm-hmm. a character credited only as the dancer. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. she is also not an actor, but a Swedish supermodel. That tracks yeah uh-huh and uh th- this is one of uh, just a handful of movies she appeared in she is she's, still alive though uh <laughs> she's one of the main characters yeah and she doesn't have a name no what the fuck it was one of those things what? where i went in and go didn't she have a name then i kind of thought back on the movie and went no i don't think she does no <laughs> she was never introduced by anybody she, she never introduced herself she is other than- dennis rodman's ex they had a thing. It's sort of like, I mean, she's supposed to be the Bond girl of this movie, right? I guess, yeah, sure. Like, um, they fight, but it's flirty and sexy at the same time. We'll talk about their oh, sex yeah, scene. That... Their sex scene later <laughs> yeah. is insane. It's uh, <sighs> traumatic, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be both watching it and participating it. It was... yeah. Uh, yeah. that's true yeah we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the performers we'll get scene, to that yeah. scene but he, this is where dane cook struggles to pull his gun out of his holster so you get mm-hmm. a long bit of business with that yeah. then i i don't know why but he pulls back the slide as if he hasn't already chambered around but then of course mm-hmm. gets his thumb caught in the slide and goes oh you know I was, weren't you waiting for him to raise it and accidentally like drop the magazine or something like that? I was waiting for more bits in here, but no, instead he does an extended dinosaur impression. 
a gratuitous dinosaur impression, if you will. I mean, he was... he's got his hands by his sides, and he's, he still has his gun in his hand as he's doing this. And he like walks whole... up to her so she mm-hmm. can just punch him in the face then. Yes. And he's knocked unconscious. And this is the man who Claire's father sent to rescue. Yes, because he describes he is the head of security for the tech company that Claire's father owns. I okay. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't know but, how uh, he's gotten any of the jobs he's gotten. Why was he <laughs> in the CIA even for one day in training? And then how did he get this gig? Yeah. <laughs> this man is incompetent. Uh yeah, I, oh, I do write uh, stunt double knocked out because it's clearly not Dane Cook that takes that fall to the ground. There's a lot of obvious stunt doubles in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get this whole scene with Rodman and this and this woman, where Rodman is using the curtains of like this restaurant to like lasso her, kind of. I guess, yeah, yeah. The uh, so I I thought the fighting here was all right. But the wire work that they did oh, was yeah. so obvious <laughs> yeah. for yeah. all of these like flips and yeah. things. It was just yeah. like like just gravity doesn't exist. No. No. They clearly once again when you're talking about Rodman, I mean clearly this movie's inspired the, the this fight and, and the wire stuff is inspired by like Chinese martial arts movies, but so much more effectively used in those movies and so much more like it doesn't linger this this is cut bad so the wire work becomes obvious like you're talking about alex as opposed to enhancing fights it's making you go like what the fuck did she just do yeah there'll be a lot of like you see like instead of somebody just kind of flying with wires uh, across the screen it'll then linger and you see them like kind of swing at the end of it you know what i mean because like (laughs) you watch like jackie chan or or jet lee movies and they will occasionally use wires to accent a kick or something like that but it's just it's yeah. meant to it's meant to be quick you're not supposed to be able to focus on the de- the defying of gravity it's just meant yeah. to to bleed into the intensity of a fight um yeah. and obviously the fact that they wanted ringo lamb to direct this who is a great chinese action filmmaker and did direct once again he did direct double team he ended up producing mm. this movie but what does that mean you know yeah, lots of people I are producers he... on stuff tangentially uh, associated with it uh, uh alex what what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say and they don't even do it in like a stylistic way like crouching tiger hidden dragon no. it is just right. just a poorly implemented tool yeah yeah because that's so. the other way to do it is like right it is overemphasize and like have it be stylized and yeah. that's the point which is this like, is not the kind of movie mythical. to pull that no, off no, this, either this is but not crouching tiger this is not hero no know? yeah and those uh, are those are beautiful art films you know that use it so yeah. well or uh shang chi uses that stuff yep. really well uh too yeah in an american movie um <laughs> so this fight ends uh this ends with like dennis rodman like rapping the curtain around a statue, which can I just say the the pirate statue in the yes, background? It's here, a pirate when statue. It was first, when it was first revealed, Maggie and I were like, "Wait a minute, hold on. Was that a was that a stage crew? Per- like, was that like a <laughs> was that like somebody on set who shouldn't have been on? Like, it was so brief, and all of a sudden there's just somebody standing behind. But no, it's this the character. woman who like works the restaurant. Like, she's the hostess at this restaurant or whatever there. Which I do find the pirate yeah. statue very funny because he ends up tying her to said pirate statue. I mean, and that was so unbelievable. Like, she very clearly could move. She yeah. was just, like, 
failing at acting. And like then she the was woman who there. works at the restaurant sees her tied to the statue and goes, Meh. "That that <laughs> was the first time I genuinely laughed at this movie because that that." <laughs> She was, yeah, she was like a waitress or maybe a cleaning staff, but she yeah. just had zero fucks to give about <laughs> about this woman tied up to a statue. Just yeah. like, yeah. not my, I don't get paid for this. Exactly. Not my problem. Whatever. And it was, yeah. That was hilarious. Meanwhile, Might be the most believable performance in this film, you know? Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about one of the most disturbing parts of this movie, which is Dane Cook sleep humping? Oh, Fuck. Yes. God damn it. John, it wasn't it wasn't enough that it was just him humping yeah. the, the cat. It yeah. zooms in on his face as he's licking the arm like the armrest. Yeah. And it's just everything everything about it is gross and makes me want and then to he, like die. Dennis Rodman wakes him up and he says he was having a great dream about Drew Barrymore. Don't okay. drag Drew Barrymore into this. Don't don't bring her into this, okay? Just <laughs> She's a classy lady, damn it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he's... And then they... Uh, anyway, that's awful. Um, I, I mean, at a certain point, I stopped writing down every Dane Cook bit because they never end. They literally never... No. I wrote down some of his lines as one-liners, but I really had to determine between jokey asides and one-liners. How how long do you think him humping this couch? Because, again, like all of his comedy bits, goes I mean, it's probably seconds too long. Yeah. Forty-five seconds? I don't know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, forty-five seconds. A little under a minute. Him. And it, yeah, you and just because because like, when it happened, when it just cuts to it, and I was just yeah. sitting there going, "What is what?" <laughs> and there's a lot of coverage of this sequence yeah. too. There's like several different angles of him humping a cat. And we got to get Dennis well, Rodman rolling his eyes at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you start in on that close-in shot of him like licking the couch, and then it pans oh. out to him like full-on hump. Yeah. Yeah, I just have have written down, Dane Cook is fucking insufferable. How did I find him funny as a teenager? Yeah. Yeah, I, Alex and I were also talking about that. Uh, unfortunately, like in high school, he was the biggest thing in comedy when we were in high yeah. school. Yeah, the I biggest. mean, it was hard to avoid him at that point. No, I mean, yeah. he was like selling out arenas, you know? Like he was... Yeah. I mean, he sold out Madison Square Garden at one point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had all of his CDs and watched all of his specials, and I just thought he was fucking hilarious. And now maybe, I can't maybe stand them. He's man. lucky that this movie bombed. You know what yeah. I mean? Because if, if Cause nobody the majority saw this. of America saw this movie, yeah. they'd be like, well, this man should never be on a screen again. Well, remember, he did have a number of attempts at movie stardom himself once the stand. Right. And that never took off, though. America no. did no. not want to see him. In movies. It is interesting that this is like quite a bit before that. Uh, yeah, I was sort of expecting it to be a little bit closer to when he was in a bunch of movies. No, no, like, that's because that's right more like uh, mid to late two thousands that he's doing stuff like uh, Employee of the Month and Good Luck Chuck and uh, right. you know, God yes. damn it, why did he think he could? And then he tried to do some dramatic stuff too because he's like, no, I'm a real actor. It's like, no, you're not. You are he's not, like, sir. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get you don't got what it takes. No, no. I was uh, I was talking with friend of the show Mike Gergoni mm. about this movie, and <laughs> he brought up a good point that Dane Cook is kind of the uh, anti Ryan Reynolds. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Mm. I think yeah, that's I guess... correct because I think they would have gone. There was a period of time. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds has ascended much higher than him. There was a time there where they probably were going out for the same roles. 
Yeah, yeah. Also, Can I don't you imagine know. if Ryan Reynolds was in this movie oh, instead of. Yeah, yeah Ryan Reynolds is funny. <laughs> Think yeah. of this as what if this was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds? Now we got a movie. I would, I yeah, would love. That. Now we have a film. Uh, uh, shit, I'll even take Shaq over Dennis Rodman. You know, yes, oh in terms my. of in terms of Could acting. You... <laughs> oh come on now, uh, Simon Says. Uh, <laughs> throw me the ball. Uh, <laughs> uh, but even that, I mean, Shaq has once again possesses some kind of charisma. Honestly, the movies he made I mean, were terrible, but like just Shaq in real life is likeable. funny. Yeah. I like Shaq. Like, when I see him interviewed yeah. and stuff, I'm like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. Uh, Whether or not he has uh, acting chops is besides the point. No. He's at least a likable He's very being. entertaining on, like, inside the NBA and stuff when he's joking around with Charles Barkley, who never yeah, did try yeah. acting, but also, like, a fun personality, at least. Rodman yeah, just, yeah. Rodman's kind of a blank slate for being the bad boy of basketball. He does not have a lot of energy. Yeah, I I wanted him to try some weird, gross things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like no, lean. Well, no, but like lean into being the weird guy, but he can't because everybody else is so crazy in this movie. He has to be the straight man, which is a bad look for Dennis Rodman. Right, he should have been the weird one. Yeah, uh, yes. And the person he's partnered with should have been the straight man. That is the case in Double Team. Uh, right. Once again, not a great movie, but a better use of him where. You have him be like a weird guy who, and in that movie, if I remember correctly, he operates out of like a fetish club, right? And so it's all okay. people with tattoos and piercings doing weird shit and dressed up in leather and stuff like that. And so you have Van Damme always looking at him like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Right. You know, and he's wearing like mesh shirts and stuff in that movie. And you're going like, yes, this is, yeah, lean into the fact that Rodman's weird. It's weird yeah. that an Interpol agent would present himself like this. <laughs> at least or i was thinking like a couple years later they make uh the vin diesel movie triple x where he is oh, right. but he is specifically recruited in that movie as like a guy with piercings and tattoos who does extreme sports because their agents don't look like that and they need a guy like that to infiltrate something i'm not so saying they that's have like a context for yeah it. i'm not saying that's like an amazing movie but that is a movie designed to at least like that makes logical sense where they're like none of our guys can infiltrate this kind of world so we'll need to bring in somebody mm -hmm. i follow that logic this movie you're just going like i'm so what is this guy's deal like i have so many questions about simon and the movie yeah. it really doesn't give a shit about simon it's weird how much he's again doesn't even give him a last name so no, doesn't care. care does not care yeah. Anyway, they find that the briefcase Dane Cook was exchanging does not have the money he thought was in it, but instead has this computer disk, which, of course, leads to Dane Cook calling his boss, and his boss chews him out, and then Dane Cook says, what am I, his dog, and does an extended impression of a dog barking and howling. And I just, this is the third time he's done, like, an animal impression in, you know, 15 minutes. I'm going, is this going to be the whole fucking movie? I don't think I can make it through yes. this if he's going to keep doing this. The animal impressions stop, but he is still doing bullshit throughout the movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, oh, my God, this bit when they go into the church and he thinks he's talking to God. Oh, man. So funny. <laughs> so funny 
this is the height of comedy, John. And it's oh, it's yeah. of course it's the it's the tech monks, uh, mm -hmm. as I call them, and uh, they make him dance. So we get so much dancing. There's lots of dancing in this movie that I was not expecting. Mm. The scene mm. was like five-ish minutes long, <laughs> and it was six minutes Very too long. long. Oh god, you have that's hundred percent right, Alex. Yeah, god. I. How, it's, it's like it's like six or seven different dance moves. Yeah, were, yeah. Were, were, well, they tell. Performing. I mean, I do like they tell him to do the Running Man, and, and instead they're like, "No, that's the Cabbage Patch." It's like, oh, God yeah. damn it, this is all. And he really thinks he's talking to God. I believe that is the implication. Here. Yeah, that's... <laughs> he wouldn't. And then he goes. He ends up falling down a trap door into the secret hideout beneath the place, which I will say certainly is where some of the budget shows. This is not. <laughs> This is a pretty small and empty secret hideout with some computers yep. and stuff in it and, like, a map. Yep. <laughs> you can see where you're going, like, ooh, yeah, this is not a James Bond movie uh, at all. Uh, yeah. So, uh let's see, where is that here? Oh, and then they start shooting at him with, like, blanks. Yes. Right. That does happen. Uh, Why? I don't. <laughs> John, it's it's funny it's comedy you don't have to think about it it's comedy john you get to see the great physical humor of dane cook flailing around it was yeah i don't quite Hilarious? know and then, and then they're just this like is the height of gotcha we didn't murder you <laughs> uh and so yeah they've analyzed the disc and it's classified military software and uh they don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, now, is this where they do the who's on third? Like, uh, No, that's much like later. There? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that comes later. This is where we see Rodman's old car, like his old classic car that I'm pretty sure is too small to fit a man, Dennis Rodman yep. size, because it's like a European classic sports car. Those are, those are small cars. Mm -hmm. uh you know it's I, I we've talked about this i think on here before right that the rock can't get into them they've talked about this in movies they have to grease him up and slide him into those mo those cars <laughs> in his movies legitimately to get him into like the european sports cars in his action movies oh, they have to grease God. the rock up and slip him in there because um, they're not built for big dudes they're just not no, they're, they're not they're 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 all about speed and efficiency so they're small aerodynamic little cars very low to the ground yeah yeah they're not i really i'm sad there's no shot of dennis rodman in the car with his knees just at his ears. that would that is what it would be man i'm they, yeah. they clearly have modified this car to be able to fit rodman um, yeah. oh, it's obviously on a green screen because every green screen in this movie is incredibly it's atrocious. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. Actually, when he called the boss back in New York or whatever, the guy just sitting in his office is horrific CGI. You know what it reminded mm. me of? It reminded me of the the uh, backgrounds that you can have in Discord. Yes. Because it, 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 it kind of had like. that almost jittering moving effect of that. Yes. Exactly. And I was thinking that's just basic green screen. Like yeah. I was thinking about Seinfeld did that, believably, yeah. like a yeah. a TV sitcom at this time was doing it convincingly, and this movie yeah. can't get. That's just literally placing a cityscape. Yeah, that is the most basic green screen effect, 
and this and movie this is, is failing of, at it. This is the kind of thing where I remind myself the Matrix came out this year. Yeah. And like the height of of uh, computer uh, graphics. Matrix in a, in and Phantom Menace. The which one? Yeah, were yeah, both, both like of them. Yeah. Total game changers in CGI came out yeah. this year. And uh, we talked about and the Mummy, which doesn't you know right. maybe doesn't get as much credit, but also really advanced computer generated effects. There were three I mean, after watching. After watching this movie, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. all all three of those just look like titans. Oh my but god, incredibly. To be, I regret it, but to be fair, those movies had much a bigger, budget. much bigger budgets. Yes, true. of course, Very of course, true. those were major studio I mean, blockbusters. You know, yeah. having having ILM on your side definitely helps out, right? But it yeah. does. But like I said, this movie's failing at very basic effects that they should be able to do. That's why oh, I go more to like the fire Se- effects, the Seinfeld example the, of a background, because that's a three camera. Oh sitcom. my god! Yes, oh, Alex, the fire, the, 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 the fire, the and the electricity. Fire. <laughs> it, we and like, the fact that they the electricity, linger on the electricity uh, at the uh, end of the movie is uh, it, it, insane. It's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> That's not how electricity works. No, 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 no. This is also though where we get Dane Cook going, "Hey, we need a theme song," and he starts blasting some rap music. Yeah, yeah, so good. Did anybody expect Dennis Rodman to have a song in this movie? I did actually. I expected the the end credits song to be performed by Dennis Rodman. I don't think it is, but he because he did no. try a rap career as well. Did he? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of the a lot of the basketball players did. Shaq put out a rap album too. I I do know about that. Yeah. Uh, but Shaq also put out the greatest video game ever, Shaq Fu, of course. Uh, yes, he true. did. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I, but I am like with Dennis Rodman, I'm rolling my eyes. But with Shaq, I'm like, oh Shaq, you know, there's that just <laughs> Shaq's likable. That's it yeah. exactly. He's like a big teddy bear. You're just like, oh that yeah. Shaq. He's yeah. he's silly and fun. Like it's you know yeah. and. The thing I always liked about Shaq, it seemed like Shaq didn't take himself too seriously. Like, Shaq Fu no. is tongue-in-cheek that it yes. even exists, you know? Yes, uh, that's, that's yeah. I think, the key there. And say, I mean, clearly, Michael Jordan also had some sense of humor, or else you wouldn't be in Space Jam, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, these, these, are, these are guys who have a humility to them, whereas this is a vanity project, really. This thing is... Much more so than than some of the other. I mean, fucking Jack, do you think was, Jack was Kazam, was, you know. Do you think Rodman was was planning on taking the proceeds of this film and then going and doing Othello on stage? <laughs> He's like, no, this is this is my trajectory. Oh my this god! Is- yeah, the idea that he was a really trying to be a very serious actor is is yeah. pretty funny to think about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dane Cook as Iago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That would be oh, unwatchable. No. <laughs> uh, that would be worse than this movie. That uh, would be worse than this movie. It's true. Listen, <laughs> uh, Dennis Rodman has a movie, a new movie coming out that we are going to have to talk about now that I see it here. I've never heard of this movie before. Uh, but uh, it is called Zombie Rome. And uh, it is exactly what you think it is. It is zombies in ancient Rome. And Dennis Rodman will be playing the part of Spartacus. <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. No. Yes. Uh-uh. No. Yep. Uh, and it also features, yes, I know you were waiting for this, the insane clown posse will be playing <gasps> gladiators in it. What? 
Yeah. What the fuck? There's no world in which we don't watch this movie on this podcast. This one. <laughs> what the fuck? Dibs. Mm-hmm. Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When this comes out, uh, Alex, you'll be on this episode. They're just oh. they're just starting to film now, but there is a promotional poster for it that is worth looking up on IMDb. That what, is. what is this called? I just wanna... It's called Zombie Rome. Zombie Rome. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it okay, doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. So uh, just... They're not hiding much with that title there. And uh, like I said, they they have they're just going to start shooting. So there's only that that promotional poster and some concept art, which is pretty amazing. Oh uh, wow, this promotional poster <laughs> is something. I think I could put this promotional poster together with like a day is, in Photoshop. This is the worst Photoshop <laughs> I've seen. Yeah, yeah, in a very long time. I, I mean, they've Holy clearly shit. just like put Michael Perret's head on this uh, uh, it gladiator. It, his armor. head is way too big. Yeah. for for the body, like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, actually, the the other guy on it looks better. Yes, because uh, I think that might be a real photo of him in armor. Actually, the way it's connected to his. Anyway, we're off topic, man. But we, we this are, this yeah. movie, uh, we have to watch Zombie Rome. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna follow the production of that movie to find out when. Uh, so uh, keep me posted if you hear anything about Zombie Rome, listeners. Uh, let's see here, uh, Rodman. Oh yeah, Rodman dresses up as a street salesman with like a rice paddy hat. Yeah, that, that was weird. That's subtle. <laughs> he's he's, he's in so subtle. France, though, once again, like it's not like he's blending into an Asian market or something. We're in yes. France, and he's wearing this rice paddy hat. And he is six foot seven. And like, he's six I do foot need to keep seven. emphasizing. He's, he's a gigantic man wandering around. Uh. Because well, they've they've set up the drop for the disc yes. in exchange for the girl with Rodman's ex. Yeah, the the That's dancer like, apparently is the dancer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Rodman gets a terrible one liner here where he gives a what appears to be a Vulcan nerve pinch, honestly, on this guy. <laughs> uh, Why not? And he says, "Time to sleep." <laughs> the one liners in this movie, there's a lot, and they're all pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Dane Cook is on the phone with the dancer in one ear, and Dennis Rodman is telling him what to say in the other ear, and all the shenanigans of that. Wow. Comic gold right yeah. here. And then he's got a distractor, so he starts ringing this bell in the center of town and just jumping around. It's definitely distracting, yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, while this is happening, once again, we get another crazy entrance from a character because a barrel i thought for a second donkey kong was going to show up i really did when this Uh, barrel flew in from off camera i'm like oh my god donkey kong i'm so glad he's getting (laughs) work outside of the nintendo games uh he's really advancing his career uh this barrel flies in followed by another character entering with a flying kick and i would say a very needless henchman uh who's played by Zin Zin Ziong. Well, he's the obligatory kung fu Asian. Yeah, but I like kick. his name is Zin Zin Ziong, the actor, and the character mm-hmm. is credited as Zin Zin in parentheses bodyguard. Because they don't name any of the characters, <laughs> right? So I think they've like... just given him his actual name. But this guy is a real deal martial artist. It shows. Yeah, it really does. And show. he was yeah. in Double Team. With uh, with uh, uh, but he's in one of my favorite Jet Li movies, Black Mask. 
Oh yeah, you've seen Black Mass, listen, right? That movie rules. I, yeah, I haven't seen that in a in a long time. It's yeah, been a while since I've seen it, but I remember that being one of Jet Li's best. Yeah, um, yeah, up there with like Unleashed, um, Unleashed, and Fist of Legend are are the other mm-hmm. ones I love of his. Uh, but this guy's in a ton of stuff. Uh, Alex, holy work for this scene was <laughs> so yeah. yeah overblown and excruciating. The mm-hmm. the sounds of the barrels being like smashing and being yeah. punched and things. Yeah. It was just so bad. But this is it's another like yeah. It's it's I mean it just this is where I don't think this is a money issue. I think this is just laziness. Really? Like it's the sound effects stuff. or they were going for like cartoon sound effects maybe. I mean, but they just had one maybe? stock sound effect for like a bunch of things. Yeah. Know? It really um, just strikes me as nobody here actually Nobody that's cared. no no the, it's, just, it's just a lack of care in this movie yeah it doesn't seem like yeah. anybody is excited to be here i do want to briefly talk about the composer for this movie because we were talking about how kind of forgettable the score is yet mm. this guy brian tyler is the composer for this movie yes. and uh this was his third film and he goes on to be a major to this day major film composer he is the primary oh. composer of the fast and furious franchise uh okay. he does the uh the rambo movies uh as well and he is the he's done some of the transformers movies he does uh he did iron man 3 thor the dark world avengers uh he does a lot of uh a lot of the um a lot of the marvel stuff uh, he did do Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage, speaking of Triple X. Uh, he's the composer for the hit TV show Yellowstone. Um, I mean, this guy does a lot of stuff, is what I'm saying. He's very well thought of yeah. as a composer. But everybody's got to start somewhere, and this is early him. And actually, we may have run across him before. We may run across him again, because he started on a lot of these this level of movie. Hmm. Which, you know, makes well, sense. you got to start somewhere, obviously. You got to give props to people who start out oh, in these kinds of films. We did talk then, about him know. before, Lisman. He did Vampires Los Muertos. Oh no. In, that that is so interesting that you brought up that film in particular because mm-hmm. Maggie and I were discussing trying to decide for some reason whether this movie or Vampire Los Muertos was worse. Uh like harder to watch. Um I think it, I like Vampires more, honestly. I think uh, yes, I think that is yeah. that's much better. I think it holds I mean, together as a movie more. Even and if it it's does still have terrible. a much better line in it, which is "You ain't lived until you got head from a vampire." That's so, one of the greatest you know. lines in the history of film. Oh, yeah, said exactly. by Eddie from Family Matters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just like to reimagine him saying that in the context of Family Matters to Steve Urkel. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Did I, I do I, I, that? Only... I don't think you got your dick sucked by a vampire, Urkel. I don't think that happened. <laughs> Oh, then I then I did not do that. Um, so, so uh, anyway, this turns into uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so the dancer is mad that uh, Zin Zin is here, right? Yes. And so it leads to this exchange. Not working together, or they are working together. They're kind of working together. They're no, kind of yeah. Who does he, she work for? She she works for. I think, I think she, they both work for Aston. I think the, the I think that's villain. right. Yes. 
But so then she just turns halfway through uh, against Ashton. What's the is the motivation that she gets she that <sighs> she fucks Dennis Rodman and then that's enough for her. His to magic like, penis so. makes well, her. She... <laughs> <laughs> His magic pierced penis. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm making an assumption there. Well, I think she. Uh, there's some photos that might then. prove you right, Lisman. He was in Madonna's <laughs> sex book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These, these are things I don't actually need to know. You don't uh, remember Madonna's but... artistic sex book that she put out? No. Nope, yeah, I don't. Um, you, you also get to see Vanilla Ice in, in the in his all his glory as well. There, so. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a weird book, you know, man. It's weird. It's a pop yeah. culture oddity. I can't say I've, yeah. I own a copy of the book, but I have seen images from it. Um, hmm. Anyway, uh, whether I've wanted to or not. Uh, That's often how the internet works. Yeah, where you're just like, what the? Oh, my God, Madonna's fucking <laughs> vanilla ice. Uh, <laughs> how did I get here? Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I know. Okay, so here's what she said, and I think that this exchange that leads to um, one of the least sensical and dumbest one-liners we've ever come across, Lisman is this exchange. Mm. So I think this does go to your point, Alex, that they're both working for Ashton, where she says to Zin Zin, what are you doing here? And he says, making sure you get the job done. Then she kicks like a plastic crate at him and says, I had to back this up and turn on subtitles to confirm this is what she says. So she's kicking a plastic crate at him and she says, job this. What? <laughs> that doesn't Ooh, make any that's sense. That's a serious contender for one liner of the film. Job this. <laughs> that's on. Is that on the same level as where did you learn how to fight like that from fighting? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's in the. I still think from fighting is better, but it's I, I in the so same too. mold. Where you're like, she said job, that, and I, yeah, this? job this. When she said it, I went what? And then I, I literally backed it up and turned on the subject. And I went, I had to have misheard that. That can't be. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Job this. What? Because it implies it should be a verb, right? Do mm-hmm. something. Do this. Kiss yep. this. Whatever, you know. Punch this. Yep. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Job this? <laughs> Making sure you get the job done. I'm trying to think like. Make sure of this maybe would have been a better response or something like that. I mean, it would well, have made more sense. Yeah. For the, the setup for the one-liner would have had to have been better as well. That's, so. I think, what it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. It should be like checking in on you, and then she's like, check this. It, it, there you that go. That would be better. Yeah, better. there you that go. Is... I've And I've fixed Simon Says. That was the sole problem. <laughs> now the movie's fixed. Now, uh, it, was, it was the one piece out of place. While this, is, while this fight is happening, Dane Cook, meanwhile, is just grabbing the daughter of the tech guy, who at this point doesn't know what's going on and assumes she's being kidnapped because Dane Cook has also pulled a gun on her boyfriend. Yep, <laughs> yep. So this is where she's actually being kidnapped yes. by the protagonists yes. of the film. And this guy... Before she was having a great time. Here's how they deal with this guy, who also apparently has martial arts skills, because why not? Dennis Rodman fights him and then ultimately throws him in a shopping cart and pushes him down a set of stairs. <laughs> and lingers on him for way too long. Really I mean, he goes down a good 30 stairs. <laughs> and it's cutting the it's cutting between the the cart going down the stairs his face and being like ah you know 
<laughs> and once again, so you're thinking, going, why am I watching this for this long? This movie's <laughs> 85 minutes. Yeah. Yep. This, movie's, so dumb. this movie's 85 minutes. And if you cut out all the needlessly long bits, it's like 50 minutes of movie, really. Like there's yes. like a half hour total of just why am i why are we still watching this <laughs> why are we lingering here? yeah uh, other than to pad out this movie i so think it yeah technically fits film i think length. they had trouble getting to 85 minutes i really do because it does I pad so. and that's with yeah. credits by the way so the movie's probably less than 80 total it's gotta be if you don't yeah. count the credits uh yeah. yeah then a car chase ensues which is a terrible oh, car chase. my goodness. This car chase, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to remember the car chase. Well, this is where it's, they're driving. The bad guys are leaning out and shooting at them. Because it leads Dane Cook to say out the window, Excuse us, major gun battle coming through. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do remember this yeah. because yeah. Uh, the, the girl looks up and he's like, Get down, they're shooting at us. Yeah. I'm like, this didn't need to happen. Well, this also... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this didn't need to happen. But also, the entire second half of this car chase has Dennis Rodman tilting the car onto two wheels. Oh, right. With, with, a, right. with a special yeah. button that, yeah, he's like, lean left, and then he hits a button, and it just goes... <laughs> onto its... Onto, 40, like, yeah. 45 degrees or yeah. more? Yeah, so like... it's like, it's just on its two right wheels and driving for an extended period of time like that. Uh, so, uh, which is physically impossible, but yes. this is where they are trying to do some of the James Bondian shit, right? This he's did got, feel very James Bond. He's got yeah. two I mean, separate car scene. gadgets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Except for once again, it looks terrible. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like the every every shot of them in the car is real tight, so you can't even see the windows around them because they're clearly yep. in a stationary car, just going, "We gotta get out of here," you know. <laughs> Well, because they had to make a, a, a set car that Rodman could fit in. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. It That's couldn't it. be a real car. No, and you can see, there's a couple times when I paused it to see the guys in the car when it's driving. And it's clearly not Dane Cook. It's once again. Rodman. Yeah, it's two completely different Yeah, it's once again men. a man in a yellow wig It's is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, uh, oh boy. This this sequence this and so then he drives sequence. the car off a cliff and, and dane cook's like oh no but what's this the car has a parachute right it, it this is... pops the top and then a parachute just unfurls yeah. is this the only gadget? because they were like referring to so there's a gadget that lets it drive on its... on its side so that's one gadget okay, okay. and gadget number two is it's a the 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 Did roof flips off be... and there's a parachute that deploys more gadgets for this car because that's just too gas well it doesn't do you know any I mean? of the cool james bond like there's no guns nope. or the oil slick or like leaving the spikes to make the like there's none of the actual defensive the bulletproof screen there's nothing nope. that's actually like any of the defensive or weapons it's very clearly gadgets. not bulletproof yeah uh, no because yeah. they shoot out the back window <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And they also, Dane Cook says, I'm glad I didn't put her in the trunk. Yeah. Right. Because the trunk gets the riddled trunk. with bullet holes. Yeah. But I think this is also the last time we see the car in the movie. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't even get destroyed. Because so, yeah. at least, like, the Bond nope. cars will get wrecked halfway through the movie, which explains why he can't use them in the third act or whatever, right? Like, they'll yeah, get... They'll get yeah. you know, no, they just... 
somehow paraglide down to the beach to the, and okay. drive off? Which when, Bond? Because there's a Bond movie where his car drives out of the ocean. Uh, you were talking oh. about the Spy Who Loved Me. That's the Lotus, which is the aquatic car. That, uh, yeah. There's a, what this felt to me so Roger Moore, James Bond. When this yes. thing just sort of slowly lands on the beach and dries off, because the other thing it yes. reminded me of is in Moon. I believe it's I believe it's Moonraker when he drives the gondola in Venice out of the water and up onto the land, and people are going, "Yes, oh, you know, uh, yeah." <laughs> he's like, just like super casual, yeah. very you know upper you know British, that, very that posh. has uh, if, for fans of the James Bonding podcast, which I highly recommend people check out. Uh, has one of the moments that they debate between two moments about the worst moment in James Bond history, and that is a <laughs> pigeon doing a double take of that. It's just it's just a cut that. where they duplicate a pigeon turning its head, it's so but like stupid. the gondola drives by and this pigeon goes, huh huh. <laughs> so the debate is that or Kananga balloon when at the end of Live and Let Die he yep. shoots the main villain with a compressed air bullet that inflates him into a balloon and he flies around and pops. <laughs> Both are good. I yeah. think hmm. they've so that's hmm. that's yeah, the that that's tough. the battle. Pigeon double take or Kananga balloon for the worst that is a, in that Bond. That's really tough. It's actually. a tough that one, yeah. Really, really yeah. Tough. Yeah. 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 God, I just want to rewatch those movies now. <laughs> I mean the that's the thing though. This the Roger Moore movies are silly but so so fun. They they're are big fun. cartoons. Like they're yeah. very enjoyable. This movie just there's there's no joy in this thing. It's all just like ugh, desperate because there's no charm or wit to anything. There's no Roger desperate Moore. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh I was going to say desperate is the perfect descriptor yeah. of the comedy. It's like, please laugh. Please well, find that, us funny. Oh, what, God, what, se what sells so much of those Bond movies is Roger Moore's indifference, right? It is like, this is every day for me. Another is day in the life of, of James Bond. Do you think that's maybe what Dennis Rodman was going for here? Maybe like, that's why he's so subdued. Maybe. He's trying to do like but the, if he's doing that, the there's, cool British secret agent kind of thing. But there's... But, but the, the problem there being is he's not suave and debonair at the same time, which yeah. is kind of what sells that Roger Moore thing is he's witty and urbane and there's yeah. silly stuff happening. Whereas Dennis yes. Rodman, you're just once again, you're just like, what is this guy's deal? He's also just ill-defined. Bond True. is so defined. We know all the things about Bond and his characteristics. And the other thing, for sure, they wanted sequels to this thing, right? This was meant to be a franchise oh. starter. I, yeah, I could easily see that. Um, so, uh, and the then... does... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say... Is, uh, I wonder if you are going to say what I was about to say, which is the, the, the punchline of this scene. This was my go favorite one-liner of the movie. Yeah, I wrote this one down, too. Go they, ahead, Alex. They, they land, they drive off, Dane Cook pukes out the side of the car, and Rodman just goes, Caucasians. <laughs> Which, Caucasians? I know. It's, just, I, no. it's another one where you go like, <laughs> I, I, the joke structure is fine, but Caucasians is weird for him to say. He, so just strange. Yeah, that's, like that's exactly it. He should have just gone, white people. And that would have been, Caucasians is so formal and yeah. like textbook. That you're like, why would he say so Caucasians? Caucasians. <laughs> just with utter disdain. It was so... Yeah. Uh, Very so strange. The girl's like, I wasn't kidnapped by anybody. You kidnapped me. 
And then she has a point that leads to Dennis Rodman giving a side glare to Dane Cook, who's like, "What? I didn't, I don't know." You know. Um, and uh, what was it? Why does she have? She has like some piece of fruit in her mouth, right? Uh, she has a potato in her oh, mouth. A potato. Oh, my yeah. Fucking and, god. And, and Dane Cook says, "I tried to gag her with with grapes, but she just but, kept eating them." What? Where did he get all this produce from? Is my question. Like they're <laughs> in the middle of a car chase, and for some reason he has a bag of produce yeah. next to him. He, yeah, because because he's gagged her by putting a potato in her mouth and then tying like a scarf or whatever around her head. That's insane. You know, potatoes are technically still edible. Yeah, like, she could have ate yeah. her way out of also, that. Also, he would have tied that so tight that it's yeah. really because like it's also awkwardly big where you feel like it would fall too. Like right it doesn't make sense uh stupid there's also this weird joke where they hand he go uh, where they go because they go back to the the hideout and the uh micro hands dennis rodman a file going here's the information you needed on her father i think it is and he goes cute pictures of chelsea clinton and he's like oh that's the wrong file <clears throat> this man had yeah. a physical file of photos of chelsea clinton and had labeled it as such what a fucking weird call out like what a one weird of the, reference one of the strangest jokes in this movie I and mean, that's right up there with the drew barrymore yeah the weird celebrity references are bizarre in this movie yeah chelsea clinton is a weird pull yeah i think uh, very strange i mean clinton is this is clinton's last year in office 99 yeah or i mean i guess 2000 is because that's when the election is but still um yeah. just bizarre like i don't know yeah. it's sort of the thing where it's like what's the joke why chelsea clinton like what does that do That's i don't think odd? It, the, the, it doesn't matter who it is the no. joke is that the the micro or macro whichever one I think it was it's, it's is a micro, pervert yeah. i yeah. think is yeah i think that's the joke right because they're because they're sad nerds remember john right yeah remember but how, how what i found so funny is nerds. it's a real file it's not on the computer it's not like yes. in his search history or something. It's yep. a physical file, and he ha and it was the same type of file folder as the real information. And he confused like the once it, My, you talk about micro the desperate, porn, yeah, you know, <laughs> you talk about the desperation of these jokes. Like when you start backtracking the logic, that you're like, that is so far to go for this lame joke. <laughs> it's just it's such a good, it's such a bad script. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to the to Ashton, the main villain, who's making a weapons deal with the general. So now he's getting the weapon he needs, but he still needs yes. the disc, once again, to keep why this convoluted plot going. Why didn't he just have the weapon already and he yeah. just needed the disc? Uh, like, why did he need to get the disc or get the weapon in this movie? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. He should have why made the weapon or something like that, right? Like, it's his weapon, right. but the, the computer guy figured out what he was doing so he kept the disc from him or something or like the uh, the beginning of the film is him getting the device like stealing it or that something. could have been the opening action sequence was that instead it was him he, the opening action was him discussing with the general getting the weapon then later in the movie he actually gets the weapon from the general they were just meeting to figure out the they should have actually had you're right that's how it should have started you know you start the <laughs> the story as late as possible yeah is generally the rule right uh and they didn't that is do that. that is a major screenwriting rule: is start the movie, start the story as late in as possible, and get out as early as you can. That's sort of the idea: is yeah. you just don't want to waste people's time. 
well i mean this movie is this movie lingers in every sense of the word this, so, this movie uh, is there's no once again the screenplay is just atrocious before we even get to the acting yeah it's like it's like a case of athlete's foot that just won't fully go away <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much Lotrimin you put on there, man, it just won't. Uh... It just it just keeps coming back. Uh, it just sticks around. Yeah, man. <laughs> Simon says the cinematic equivalent of athlete's foot. There's your uh, poll quote. Um, yep. Put that uh, on the on the back of the DVD. So they, of course, they load the weapon. Oh, I just love they load the weapon into his trunk, which is funny to me. That is this big super weapon. It's like, yeah, we'll just put it back here. Uh, so okay, yeah. The super weapon is the big laser cannon that's in like the observatory at the yes. end of the movie, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the super weapon. Yes. So how does it fit in the back of this car? I guess it's like... broken down into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you got to reassemble it when you get home. It's like an IKEA product. It's... <laughs> so I think they described the super weapon as a portable laser. So I feel like it was just a component it's to... a laser that attaches to whatever that was is that what you're saying yeah. okay so he already has the amplifier which is like the big sort of setup he just needs yeah. the laser i mean let, let's be honest device. it's clearly a big telescope is what it actually is right that, that is using. what it is. Yeah. yeah they're in like yeah. an observatory yes. at the end of the movie <laughs> and they're yeah. calling it a big laser cannon um <laughs> also once again big laser cannon that's already been used in like five bond movies before this of course uh and will yep. be used again in the next bond movie after this actually because die another day comes out a couple years after that, this and that has that i'm sorry laser that, cannon. that it, it was not technically a laser cannon if you recall it's a oh. satellite that refracts the sun into a yes. beam <laughs> it's but it's basically a laser cannon yeah. let's just it's let's called just call icarus uh gustav yeah. graves is the i've seen these movies too much um but uh <laughs> so uh yeah uh oh he betrays the general right because the general they loaded in and the general turns around and it leads to this one liar from the villain which is don't turn your back on me and then shoots him in the back now the impression you just <laughs> did sounded very british which it, this man is is French, but yeah. I, I can see why you would do that because he, he exudes British energy. He do, well, that's the way, like the presentation of him, right? The the, yeah. the suit and stuff like that feels very British gentleman, and the sword cane right. and everything about him exactly. is this snooty guy. And he is French, but he is kind of giving it that like snooty gentleman tone, at least you know, right? Exactly, it's, very it's, much so. Yeah, it's like. Uh, this is like a Jeffrey Rush was busy. He was busy because he was in. We talked. We talked about the fact that Mystery Men came out this year. That he was playing Casanova oh, right. Frankenstein in Mystery Men, where he's fucking great in yeah, that but, movie. But Dane Cook was also in that. So if Dane <laughs> well, Cook could yes, find time for both. Dane Cook then... was in one very brief scene in that movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's fine. He's fine as the waffler for thirty seconds in that movie. Uh, that's about as long as he should be in it, <laughs> if at all. Well, he's in. Not, also, have you guys seen Dane Cook recently? Um, no, he I have no. made an active. You might uh, want to do a Google to. on current photos of him because uh, he has gotten very into plastic surgery. Oh my! And he like does not, top level. Uh yeah, I would say maybe even further than that. I he is uh, hard to recognize now. He has become a horrific david cronenberg villain at this point um but uh so 
let's see here. Anyway, yeah, so they, they kill all these guys. Uh, and they're, at this point, they th so he's got the weapon, but he still needs the girl so he can leverage her for the disc that he needs to control the laser cannon is uh, yes. is what's happening in the plot at this point, as if anyone gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Dennis Rodman has gone to... Uh, uh, gone to, God. Uh, this movie's making me dumb. Um, <laughs> has gone to the dancer's apartment. I don't quite know how he knows where she lives, unless... It's this... I believe it's called the dance studio. <laughs> but she's with another guy who he knocks... He's like, get out of here. Yeah. But then he's like, uh, uh, he goes with this one line. He says, I brought you flowers, baby. And he does indeed have flowers. Mm -hmm. uh, For some reason. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't, well, they end up fighting with the flowers. They end up uh -huh. strip fighting. Strip fighting. Yeah, this is the epic strip fighting scene. It's certainly something. Yeah. Can't go too far. This movie is a PG thirteen. Uh, we can only go so far in this movie. But I feel like the sex scene that like happens immediately after this mm -hmm. is is kind of horrifying. Mm -hmm. It like like some truly like grisly images uh, appear. Just but, nightmare. But, but because because <laughs> what because the, they end up having sex and it's this whole strobe lighting thing, and I think yeah. that's how they get in these graphic sex images is because they're just quick flashes of them. So you can't That's really get it. Yeah. You can't really get, I mean, you get enough to know it's, it's, it's pretty awful. Uh, is this how they always have sex? I think? think so. Like, I think so. I mean, I think so. Effect, uh, because otherwise. her whole bed setup was this like weird lighting, almost stage. Oh my God. That's true. It was so yeah. Maggie kept wondering if this was like the set of like a porn because like like all of the lights set up around the bed really like scream like this is a porn set. Well, like, this is uh I mean maybe that's what she does in her off time when she's not being the dancer. Could be. She's a porn yeah, star. Yeah. I mean she's so <laughs> ill defined she might might be that. I mean it yeah exactly. There's there's almost nothing they could tell me about her that wouldn't yeah, make I mean, sense she because is... she has no definition as a character exactly. She mm -hmm. is the dancer, so you know. Yeah, that could That's be. That's true. Yeah. She could be an exotic dancer. Not, not that there's anything wrong with any sort of sex work, but oh no, no, boy, no. do they do they just <laughs> lay it on thick. And once well, again, they, like the everything, thing. they have yeah, they have one thing about each character, mm -hmm. and then they just they just hammer in that one fact about the character, yeah, until it's meaningless essentially, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. yeah uh so uh he yeah we have this insane sex scene that like everything mm -hmm. in this movie goes on for a while like way too long uh, i way, felt way, uncomfortable way yeah then i felt even more uncomfortable when it uh dissolved from this to dane cook's face um <laughs> <laughs> uh because he's playing poker with the tech monks and yes. they're like conning him they're cheating or I something? Believe, I believe so. Yeah, I, I wasn't that. paying enough attention to really think about what they were doing. But I they, feel like I was still in shock from the previous scene. Yeah, it yeah. is sort of like expecting me to know anything that's going on after that scene is, <laughs> is, is a lot to ask movie. Uh, a yeah. lot to ask. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they're playing poker. 
and we get the we get the classic gag of um shouldn't you go check on the girl she's been in the bathroom for a long time yeah for two hours two hours yes and yet for not... two hours and they're like maybe we should check on her which i love because then when he goes in there keep in mind she's been there for two hours she has just climbed out the window of course yes yes <laughs> So she she went in there for what like an hour and fifty nine minutes and then well because there's a there was a phone in there so she called Michael and then it took and him a while showed up to drive down it took there. him an hour and a half to, yeah. to get there uh, honestly if it wasn't they had in said, that much of a hurry if they had said she's been in there for a half hour it still would have been yeah. like that's unusual and we haven't heard anything from the bathroom for a half an hour. <laughs> Somebody should check in there, yeah. at least just to make sure she's okay. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, and, of course, yeah, so this leads to a chase now and fight with, oh, my God, Dane Cook. Fucking cares. Doing physical comedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe my favorite part of the movie here is when he, uh, I think he falls off the gutter yeah. or, like, an awning. Yeah. And uh, I have written down, Dane Cook in the trash where he belongs. <laughs> Because, because he falls into a garbage can. He falls into a garbage can that then tips over and proceeds to start rolling down the road. Yep. yep. That's that the is, level of comedy. Twice yep. they have put someone in something and rolled them down the street as a physical yep. comedy bit. Yeah. That's the kind of movie it works we're doing. So well, it works so well the first time. Might as well try it again a half an hour later. Uh, <laughs> It is. I can't believe this. When this was going on, it's just like, ah, oh, fucking movie. Come on, man. Uh, so yeah, he's rolling. He's rolling down the street. But uh oh, while this is happening, uh, Zin Zin, the bodyguard, shows up with the motorcycle. Uh, the the motorbike punks, and mm -hmm. uh, he grabs the girl while the motorbike punks shoot up the church and then subsequently the hideout there. Including this really made me laugh. They shot at computers, like the computer towers, and the yes. computer towers explode into flames when they're hit by bullets. Of course, yeah, like yeah. computers. That's how it works, right? There's a lot yeah. of combustible stuff inside a computer. That just well, that's goes why they have up. like cool, you know, uh, cooling systems in them. Because yeah. otherwise, they'll explode like a like a Molotov cocktail. It's <laughs> just like big fireballs coming out of these computers when they're hit by bullets. And the, the pyrotechnic sparks were, were a really nice touch. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It looked, it looked like it was a Kiss concert in there. It was just, <laughs> just sparks flying everywhere. It's a, Because that's how computers work. It's a classic example of these movies that we've seen before, right, Lisbon, where, like, they don't have budget, so they're going for scale by just well we can we can sparks are cheap we can do those real easy so we'll just do a lot of sparks and that will say excitement on screen you know it's 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 just it's big and bright and that's ah, sparking so it must be crazy how many of these movies end yeah. in spark factories as gurgoni dubbed them it's true yeah industrial spark, spark factories. factories yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, uh true. so uh so yeah stuff is sparking and exploding the girl is taken, and uh, this leads. Let's see here. Oh yeah, yeah. So that then Rodman. I don't know how they set this up, but Rodman goes to Ashton's like hideout or like his building, not where he has the weapon. No. So this um, 
Uh, I love that Alex clearly followed the plot more than either one of us. Did did (laughs) you watch this movie more than once? No. Okay, because you did that with Lone Wolf McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid is totally watchable. Lone Wolf McQuaid. That movie is very watchable. Um, Yes. But no, so um, what we have happen here is Rodman comes back to the monastery, and that's where we get the terrible who's on third. Mm, yes um, yes and the the quick the uh uh what is it the quick sand trap or whatever yes yes and there's the quick sand trap and um after that they get a call from the general who says that he wants to talk yeah, like he's finally ready to talk about what's going on yeah we can John, just quickly talk i forgot about the quick sand yeah they have they have tunnels through their underground hideout and they say that one leads to the beach or this one leads to the beach and the one those guys are going to has quicksand in it but they've mixed them up so now the monks and dane cook are trapped in quicksand which as oh. we i think we've talked about this before on the show does not exist as portrayed in movies quicksand no. and also why would it exist in this underground tunnel like well, the way they talk about it, they installed a quicksand. Qui- that's what I mean. Like they're like, uh, "Hi, can I, we want to order a couple of uh, uh, you know tubs of quicksand?" Great, you know, let's let's put in a quicksand. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but like, yeah, let's just. Well, and the, what it, well, what it means in the movie is clearly they're in a water tank that they put some dirt on top of because it's clearly yes. just water with some chunks floating on top. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Dane Cook is really selling it. He's got he's clearly like ducked down onto his knees, so his head is just sticking up out of the water. Yeah. Um, and this is fun. This is fun because uh uh Rodman helps Dane Cook get out of the quicksand, but leaves his two tech friends mm-hmm. there to die. But then the next shot is Rodman being followed by the two tech monks mm-hmm. and for some reason, Dane Cook's nowhere to be found. <laughs> he leaves the building, and then Dane Cook jumps from out of frame and and then just starts talking as if, like, nothing had just happened. Yeah. And I'm like, this movie doesn't even bother to remember what happens five seconds earlier. Could give a in, shit, man. In, in Could totally give a shit. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. This movie is not interested in itself. Like, it's just going yeah. like, eh, whatever. Char- yeah, the amount of characters who just pop in from off screen, jump just in, leap. flying kick in, flip in. People are just entering this movie all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> it's all just because everything, clearly the name of the game here is just like excitement, big energy, excitement in every scene, you know. So so this is, this is uh, Alex, this is where the general contacts Dennis yeah. Rodman, is that right? Or no, yeah. the general's dead. No, well, it, they, no, no. The, the not yet. The general survived the the weapon exchange. Oh, even though it seemed like he was shot to death. It really he, did look he, like he that. He shot the back twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I mean, but he, survived but... because we go to this government building. Yeah. And something that uh, Dennis Rodman's going up this elevator. And it as he exits the elevator, the camera pans up to the, like, weight limit of the elevator and it was like this like Chekhov's gun moment where like I thought this was going to come back into play 
Oh, like I thought something was going to happen where Alex, like too many people got it. Alex, I know, that's I such know. a mistake in an action shelf movie. Yeah, you should never assume anything will come back. In fact, Lisman and I are going to pay off, right? Yeah, Lisman and I are always surprised when something does pay off. We go the other way. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I only notice when things actually do pay off because I always... totally forgot about the weight limit thing for that. <laughs> and, and being an avid listener of the show, I should know better. Yeah, by yeah. Now. <laughs> but I had just a small glimmer of hope, thinking like. Huh, I wonder how that's going to oh, pay off. Maybe, maybe there's <laughs> some competent and writing. There. And it, like they zoom in so that you can get like a full reading of like the weight capacity and like people, number of people to be in this. Yeah. yeah. No. <sighs> oh, yeah. the innocence of people who don't do the show every week. <laughs> Right, uh, the blissful. Like. By the way, we're so jealous of people who are ignorant of these movies because Jesus Christ, yeah. we are such jaded viewers at this point. We're like, <laughs> whatever. Like I said, yeah, Lisman, I just totally wrote that off. Like the fact that that even yeah. happened, we we're like, I'm sure that doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? Uh, but then we and, then we find out that this was all a double cross yeah. from Aston. Yeah, right. He's okay. there. <laughs> he dropped the general on a rope into the oh, center the of the thing. And, and the he's, gen- holding a he's holding grenade. a grenade, and then Ashton shoots him, making him. I don't know why that assu- why that assures he would drop the grenade, but I guess it does. Sure. Why couldn't I he mean, drop the grenade? Anyways? What, like I some kind know. of muscle spasm from having been killed or something like that? I don't know. Whatever. Something. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, but it it doesn't get, matter. But Dennis Rodman leaps under it, grabs the grenade, and throws it away, so it yeah. doesn't kill him. Amazing. Mm-hmm. All in slow motion, of course. Then this leads to Dennis Rodman in pursuit, uh, which Rodman does some running here. And I will say, I do remember this from his basketball days. The guy was not quick. Like, that wasn't no. his skill as a basketball player. Once again, he was he was a, a, a beefy, like, well, not beefy, but, like, strong, mean basketball player. So him running is pretty awkward because he's a big dude. It's kind of lumbering. And just like, yeah, he, he does, he has yeah, a lumber to him. Exactly, yep. yes. yeah. It's sort of class. You see it a lot with like big, the big men in basketball. Shaq yeah. had a, Shaq had a serious lumber. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, and so he runs up and it turns into this kitchen fight with the, 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 the clockwork orange oh. gang here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which he ends up uh, winning by grabbing an aerosol can. And putting it in a microwave? Yep. Right. Which explodes. This is a a time where people, I guess, didn't understand what microwaves were. And so you'd. I I feel like you could see this kind of thing in a lot of movies. You can. And what I love about this, though, is he puts the aerosol can in the microwave, sets it for a certain amount of time, and then it dings like it's done, and then it explodes. As if it wouldn't have exploded until the microwave stopped. It's very good. <laughs> uh, and that kills one of these guys. Uh, sure. Why not? Meanwhile, he then he then pushes like a serving cart. Like a... Yes. Uh, it would be like something you'd see like room service pushing, right? He pushes this guy out a window with it. But then the force of it pulls Rodman out the window too. But he kind of like spins around so he's out on the ledge of the window. This, the other guy falls. So- there's like three or four falling stunts in this movie. 
Yeah, this this random henchman gets a Gruber. Like he gets a Hans Gruber death. He is he's a no named henchman. He gets mm-hmm. multiple cuts. Funny. What I mean is like you see him go out the window, then you cut to two different angles of him falling before he lands on yeah. a van. And yeah, they really yeah. make a point of yeah, like this is a character we knew going <laughs> and and this this leads to what I thought would be the highlight of the film. <laughs> Holy shit! This is one. Th- this happened like three times in the movie where I was writing down what just happened, thinking like that was crazy. And then I look up and Rodman is sliding down this, yes. this yes. pole or whatever. While it is. shooting a gun. While shooting a While gun, shoot- and I was like, "Holy shit! I gotta back up and see how this happened." <laughs> and the thing is, this pillar he's sliding down yeah. is like a good three feet in diameter mm-hmm. so I mean, he's like just with his legs just wrapped around this thing upside mm-hmm. down oh my well because he starts with his ar- like his arms like his elbows are clamped on and he's shooting up and then he swaps so his legs wrap around and then he's shooting up yeah it right. makes it makes no it's the it might be i i thought it might have been the dumbest thing i'd ever seen and then this movie does top itself it, re- it really say. really does it outdoes in, in a couple in a couple more moments yeah 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 not too much longer and after you, this. and the thing i just kept thinking is they thought this was so fucking cool when they did yes. this didn't they yes. they thought this was very awesome. very obviously uh <laughs> it's so funny. uh Anyway, at this point, the the now the boyfriend is is gonna help them because he shows up because Dennis Rodman goes back to the monastery. He's like, "All right, I'm getting my guns now." He pulls out his wooden right. crate full of just random guns stacked on each other. It's not like the cool assassin case where they're in foam, like, and it's set to. It's just like uh, an Uzi just with boxed. a snub nose thirty eight on top of it, and you know, you just yeah, uh, it's and like he, a box of toys. Yeah, it Lots really. Of- He's just got a crate of, full of guns. Lots of scopes and sights on like mm-hmm. handguns that I wanna, are just I want to talk why? about this. Every handgun in this movie is very cartoonishly modified. Right? Yes, they all yes. have like barrel extensions and yeah, and scopes and extended magazines and it just feels like this the makers of this movie thought, "No, a normal gun doesn't look cool enough. We need to no. add stuff to these guns." And you know, it's one thing to have like, um, like I love the the Snake Plissken movies, right? And Kurt Russell in those movies has revolvers with big scopes on them. That's cool, but the, <laughs> only he has those. They're yeah. his signature, and those are also very comic booky kind of movies. But th- yeah. that's his signature weapon. Here, everybody has these guns, so it really weirded me out that I'm going like, why does everyone need a scope? <laughs> Number one, the idea of a scope on a pistol is so fucking dumb, anyway. Um, well, yeah. I'm just trying to I mean, imagine, like, how do you line that up? Like, yeah. how do you look you, through the scope? You can. That doesn't make any and sense. And there are smaller scopes designed for that kind of thing. For, like, very yeah. pursuit, precise, like, target shooting. Yeah. yeah. But in, like, a action-oriented tactical situation, it's absolutely useless. Yeah, you don't... Yeah. The guys on SEAL Team 6 aren't... Yeah. your ability to with a pistol no because if you see like a tactical gun it's all under the barrel it's a flashlight or a laser sight or something like that it's not on top yeah it's not on top of the barrel where yes exactly you're right listen it would unless you're like specifically lining it up it would actually make aiming a pistol harder yes. because you're used to the the front and back sights on like a nine millimeter or something like that um yeah, exactly. oh the guns in this movie oh the guns mm. in this movie um then one of the stupidest scenes is Dane Cook goes, we got to get this guy out of here. 
because he's holding a gun on Dennis Rodman, and Dennis Rodman snatches that guy's gun away only just to give him a different gun. A bigger, more yeah, comically dude. enhanced gun. Yeah, the guy's got like a revolver, and he grabs it out of his hand and gives him like a completely modified automatic forty-five with fucking specialized hammer design and all this. You know, we're just going like needlessly, yeah, <laughs> insane gun. And he's just like, "Welcome to the team." It took no convincing for Dennis Rodman to add her boyfriend to the team. Well. So this is right after Dane Cook admits that he didn't even make it through CIA training. Right. Yeah. And that's is just... like, and is is like pouring out his heart about how he's absolutely just absolutely useless. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true. It is and true. they reinforce that at every single moment of the movie. <laughs> yeah. If you thought there was going to be some moment where Dane Cook turns into a badass. No, it doesn't it really does happen. happen. He does he never really gets his moment. He he, he, shoots, he shoots a couple, couple of okay. people. He does shoot That's a couple true. people, but they're never presented as like, oh my god, he's doing it, you know? It kind of just no. happens. And also He does also do the thing where he's just like really gleeful about nope. murder. That's what I was gonna say. He, yes. Once he gets a taste for it, all of a sudden he's a full on <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> Cause it's always so disturbing when a guy like guns somebody down. It's like, oh yeah. You know, oh, you, I can get right. into this. Where you, right. you don't think of that as like, you know, when you think of these steely professionals, like James Bond, once again, isn't like celebrating having killed somebody. It needs to be done, but he's like quiet and steely about like, I still took a life, you know? Yeah. Uh, he may yeah. quip, but it's all sort of dark gallows humor. You know, it's not, he's, you never see James Bond go, all right, got yeah. that son of a bitch. Uh, Meanwhile, Dane Cook chucks a spear through, through some guy's throat <laughs> oh, and just that, is elated with himself. That moment is so completely insane. He puts a spear right into the guy's throat. Yeah, he's just like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah. And you almost wanted him to be like, I threw javelin in high school. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're going to, to make the final, they're going into the climactic battle with Ashton here. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they, which involves, though, first we need Micro to buy a bunch of sheep in an extended comedy bit. This was so, this was so long. I was like, this is, th I mean, obviously there's no way this is going to pay off in any meaningful <laughs> way. But like, it's well, going to yeah, be I couldn't such figure a out what was going on to begin yeah. with. And then yes. all it is is so he can block this bridge that the bad guys are driving over. That's the only right. That's the only thing. And it leads to Ashton saying his one-liner: "It's a bridge, not a petting zoo." Got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect level of got him. Listen, it's just the deflated. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and then out of nowhere, Micro starts just laying waste to the uh, motorbike punks with the, the the shepherd staff that he's using like a bow staff and just and taking these like guys quoting, out. He's like doing biblical quotes while, while saying Well, that's it. the crazy thing where I'm well, starting to, at this point when, he, when he, I'm going like, is he really a monk? I, again, he just got too into his character, you know? And like, I was also, undercover, I also could really. not figure out where the other one had gone. Where was Macro at this point? He'll come in later with the drone control. But it just seemed weird to see one without the other. a different movie. <laughs> what was Sorry, I'm unavailable, Simon says. Um, <laughs> so he fights them. And, th and we get another henchman thrown off this bridge who we linger on for a while as he's falling to his death. Yes. 
guys. It happens a lot. I don't it know that guy. Yeah. This is also where we get maybe the worst stunt double. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. switcheroo. Because when he where... throws that guy off the bridge, he falls over the edge, but not off yeah. the bridge. Yeah, so Micro is essentially hanging off the side of this bridge, and you they cut out, and it is they don't even do anything to pad up the no. stunt double. It is just nope. a, a you, much smaller you, you man. You go from like a 300-pound guy to like a 180-pound guy very fast. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you just like uh... And they and again, because they linger on so many of the shots, yeah. they don't even hide the fact that it's Also, I understand he's a game. big guy and not in good shape, but it doesn't seem like he couldn't pull himself up from this. I feel like he probably well, I mean, who knows. Like there's but uh, there's there's a ledge where he could put his foot and he's not hanging off of that. Yes. He yes. could get leverage on this and probably get himself but no, Dennis Rodman has to save him, I guess. Is that who mm-hmm. saves him? I think so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, because Rodman comes in on the motorcycle Rodman at some point. Rodman comes in, in this, on the motorcycle. The Meanwhile, Dane Cook and the and the, the boyfriend, uh, does he have a name? He must have a name, right? The boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah, Michael. His oh, okay. Michael. All right, all right, there you go. Yeah. So Dane you Cook, would remember that, Michael. Dane Cook, and I... <laughs> Dane Cook and Michael are infiltrating this castle kind of thing that is the villain's yes. hideout. Uh, yeah. And like this Resident Evil style uh, castle that's like weirdly vaguely European. What I have written here is boyfriend breaches castle, Dane flails about. Because yep. he's doing lots Pretty of accurate. like flopping and rolling. And uh, then he gets his hands on this Uzi and just takes some people out, Dane Cook. And now mm-hmm. he's got a taste for blood, as we'll yeah. see through the rest of the sequence. Um. Oh, this is where the motorcycle thing in the tunnel happens, guys. This is yes. what we've been waiting guys. to talk about. <laughs> guys, this this scene. <laughs> so to set it up, Dennis Rodman is chasing after this convoy of bad guys as they're going through a tunnel. Yes. Yes. He's behind them. That's important here. That's very At the beginning important. of this, he's behind them. <laughs> Listen, do you want to take it from there? Well, it, the what actually transpires it's kind of hard to follow <laughs> but really the the gist of it, it and this was another one of those moments where i was writing notes about what had happened Same and then here. i look up and i see, and i see the cg of basically dennis rodman it's not like a tube you know what i mean it's right. like there's walls that that dome up right but somehow dennis rodman has gotten his motorcycle <laughs> and drives on the ceiling <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, he, he does like he does a loop loop, but the the like you said, the tunnel is only like a half circle. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, a flat road with almost, a tunnel over. <laughs> that's not how that works. Yeah, but it's this is the worst CG in the movie, and maybe the worst CG I've seen in any movie, uh, and that's saying something. CG Dennis uh, Rodman going up around this tunnel. Yeah, and the motorcycle. So yeah, I, I look up from taking my notes to see that image of yeah. the the, bat, the yeah. When I look up, he eyed. he's already on the ceiling of the tunnel. You're like, I'm like, what? hold on, wait a minute, and I is I literally had to watch it three and when, times. When you back so it up, funny. you like you still. Because it's physically impossible, you can't see him start. He's just all of a sudden on the wall of the thing. It's right. (laughs) It's 
It's like, wait, some information is missing here. How did this happen? In order to do this, um, this needed to be like a drainage pipe or something. It can't be yes. uh, a, a, a an overpass tunnel. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. Once again, physically, no. this is impossible. It's physically impossible. <laughs> so, he... <laughs> and he does another one of those motorcycle slides, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And... But like yeah, he 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 does a motorcycle slide. He does the loop de loop, and he jumps out of the tunnel as everything explodes for no. So reason. you get the 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 big action hero shot of him on the motorcycle with the wall of flames behind him. Like this this sequence is legitimately hilarious. Yeah, I think I laugh it's... really hard at this. <laughs> it's this is the sequence. It's because I didn't think they they'd surpass the column like sliding down. No, the I didn't either. But but this is somehow more insane than that, and I I loved every moment of it. Same it, here, man. This mo this moment made the movie worth it to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least in my opinion, it's pretty amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, oh the villain is activating the computer system, and for whatever reason, he has programmed some sort of AI cartoon of himself on the screen. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yep. I, I love 1990s like uh, pop culture representations of technology, like computers and and yeah. systems like that. And, it's very funny. And his little his little avatar buddy says, "Congratulations, you got the disc. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> he boss!" Programmed, he programmed that it to to go off when he gets it, the disc. It reminds like, he me, literally way, designed that to happen. This is way dumber, but it reminds me of the. Uh, of Boris's avatar in Goldeneye. He has an avatar. Yes. It's not nearly as involved, but he does have like a computer cartoon version of himself on his screen. I mean, there when Boris dies in Goldeneye, there isn't also the image of him freezing on the computer. Right. Because yes. in this this <laughs> Uh, Ashton gets electrocuted, mm -hmm. uh, which is insane. Uh, also, his little on in computer avatar also gets electrocuted, which again makes you think: Did he program in like the avatar getting electrocuted just in the off chance that he gets electrocuted in real life? Is that the logic? We're, he we're programmed in every possible scenario. Had he been shot, it would have been shot. Had the thing exploded, okay, he would that would have also caught on fire. Dropped into a tank of sharks, <laughs> you know, like, anything. It's all there. He's got to be ready for it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh Jesus, uh, I just want to quick because I want to try to get through this as quickly as possible here down the stretch. I just want to point yeah. out one more annoying Dane Cook thing, which is a scene where the where Michael is giving him like military hand signals, like go this way, that way, and the Dane Cook has to do a bunch of flailing about that ends with him putting his finger in his nose. Yep. Yeah. Comedy. That's gold. the level of comedy. And then yeah. of course he does knock somebody out and goes, "Nice talking to you." Mm hmm. Great. And then in a gunfight, he shoots. I think it was nineteen rounds without without ever reloading yep. his like standard Beretta. There you go. Yeah, nine millimeter. It was like yeah. a very yeah. It looked like a Beretta. Yeah, which yeah. would be a fifteen yeah. round clip, maybe one in the pipe. So he's got sixteen at most out of that thing. At most. Uh, and yeah, no, he's just blasting away without yeah. a care. And he's and of course he's doing the classic thing too when he gets his hands on his Uzi and he's one handing it and just spraying and hitting people. Of course, mm -hmm. yeah, it's great. Yeah. That thing wouldn't yeah, be kicking sense. out of control and over his head, you know. 
Well, especially because he has already shown, at least on three other occasions, that he doesn't know how to handle a gun no. or <laughs> draw it from that, a, a holster. I know he got kicked out of the CIA, but you're telling me that wasn't firearms training wasn't early in the process that he would have had at least some competency. You think that'd be part of the initiation? Process. You think I, I? I actually think you actually have to pass a firearms test before you even go into the CIA. You need to already. Once again, though, I, the CIA recruits elite top level people they you, you don't just apply they come to you uh because yeah. you have certain skills anyway uh once again this movie may not understand how intelligence services work uh so there's certainly no intelligence involved in the making so we ultimately find out that the villain's big plan is he's going to destroy the eiffel tower yes because he's tired of looking at it I that's think what he says. he says yes yep hilarious okay uh, so neat. Because once again, you got to imagine this this ending, everybody, because don't watch this movie, uh, is in basically, yeah, like a giant observatory with the laser beam being the telescope. So Dennis Rodman and Zin Zin are fighting up on top of the, up in the dome part of it, right? Yeah. Like oh, and the, the sparks from Zin Zin's pipe hitting other pieces of metal. Yep. Because <laughs> he's, got, he's got like a pipe with a blade on the end of it. Yeah, it's a very mm. odd kind yeah. of hooked blade weapon yeah. thing. I don't quite. He just that just kind of, kind of comes out of nowhere. Somebody just like here, take this. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess this is it's, a weapon. It's like well, because it, it's it's sort of like they're lazy. Like I guess this seems like a martial arts weapon, right? It kind of seems <laughs> like don't. it kind of seems like something a ninja would have, maybe. A but kind it's of. but it's clearly it's, just like a metal pipe with a, a thing attached with to like it. but it, it does have like that hooked curve of like those um the the hand axe weapons that that is that are in martial arts i can't mm, i don't can't remember the name yeah. of them but it yeah, does have that yeah. kind of curve curvature to it uh right. it's almost like an ice like a a, a a climbing pick to a certain extent right but with a longer yeah. handle mm -hmm. Uh, it's weird. Anyway, the, this goes on for a while, and Dennis Rodman is trying to convince me he knows how to do martial arts. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, the B drone has returned. Thank goodness. Yeah. Wow. Then, and cool. of course, That's Ashton great. writes it off as a real B, and is like, "Get out of here, B," uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, how does he end up defeating the the kung fu guy? Oh, he doesn't. He just leaves him up there because he'll later get fried by the same electricity i guess that's maybe that, uh, I, I, I i can't recall yeah that is what i have here it's blacked out from my memory um because rodman then ends up in a sword fight where the guy has pulled his sword cane so ashton has the sword and he has the scabbard that is the mm -hmm. second part of the cane and they're fighting like that and it ends with a mildly cool move where he lunges at him and he puts the scabbard back on the blade it's that was pretty cool. It it's is conceptually yeah. cool. And I have it, seen yeah. it done Listen. better in other movies. Right, exactly. I feel like Jackie uh, Chan does it in something, and it was cool. It was either Jackie Chan or Jet Li. I remember it from, like, a kung fu movie, because it was one of the, the shorter, thicker-bladed, like, Chinese swords that I remember it happening yes, with. Yes, the, the Chinese straight swords. I can't remember um, which... I don't remember what movie it was. It's one... Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. And it's and I, I, I think it's yeah. Jackie Chan, and he catches it in the scabbard. And it was like, oh, yeah. that was cool because it was number one, all done in one shot, and he's really doing it, uh, and it feels fast. Well, and that's the other thing; it it didn't feel cool in this movie because all of the choreography is like sluggishly slow. Yeah, it's so because like, Dennis Rodman doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, Rodman exactly. Doesn't have training. Um, 
I once saw, I saw, I've, I watch a lot of like stunt videos on, on YouTube, how they do stuff. And so we was talking about yeah. how does Jackie Chan do all these precise things? Like, oh, he just does it a hundred times. Yeah. Like they just shoot it again and again and again until he does it. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no secret to it. He fails a ton. And then when he gets it right, they have it. Like. <laughs> oh, so, so John, you're telling me the secret to good choreography is just invest time into yeah. it. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Schedule out time. You to rehearse make good it action. slow, then you yeah. go and do it fast until it happens correctly. Yes, <laughs> that's how it's done. He's just really committed yeah. to the bit. Yeah, what a novel idea. I know, man. Mm. Yeah, um, we got to find another Jackie Chan movie to do on here. I know they're out there. We definitely need to. Yes. Yeah, because we only had a brief appearance from him in, in a dumb movie we watched. Uh, <laughs> he ends up though throwing the sword then and impaling the villain onto which i did think this is done much better in a much better james bond inspired movie kingsman which ends with spoilers for that movie the the main character throwing a blade into the villain's chest and impaling him but you know that was a good movie um mm. but this impales him onto this control box which is then funneling electricity through him mm -hmm. that he is yes. then pointing his hand to shoot said electricity you know, like uh, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, he's, he's force lightning. Not only uh, does it yeah. look bad because the CGI is terrible, as you were saying, Alex, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, the, the part that doesn't make any sense is that he directs the lightning to hit the launch button for the weapon. I yeah. think it was as if as if it's a, to activate it. Yeah, as if it's a physical force that wouldn't just fry the console. It would exactly touch the button and and press it in. Because that's how that's electricity stupid. and mechanical switches interface. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it doesn't work on like four levels. Uh, <laughs> this is it's so bad. I can't believe it. But it ends up, of course, frying everything and somehow also transferring electricity to the henchman who's up on the catwalk. So he's dead. Who and, cares? And then Dennis because Rodman... just got to clean up that loose end. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It did. It was a quick cutaway to him being like... And you're like, oh... Yeah, right. They oh, probably just shot sure. that later going like, we need to see that guy die too, don't we? Um, <laughs> they're, they're like, even though, oh, we, for, we totally forgot another fight scene. Even though you but. don't actually, because Dennis Rodman immediately runs out of this place as it explodes, which would have killed the henchmen. So. Uh, loved, I, and Alex, you mentioned this before, but the, the fire effects in this movie. <sighs> yeah. Especially... And they linger on this shot of yeah. him walking away from this like building on fire yeah. and it looks because it's terrible. supposed to be that like badass right walking away from the fire slash walking away from the explosion right and it looks like they just took the scene and went into pro or what you know whatever was the effects thing at the time, yeah. was this iMovie <laughs> I guess and just put like yeah. Like a gif of fire over yeah. like various parts of the scene. It right. was so <laughs> yeah, so bad. This might have been and early liked, after effects. Yeah, I, I I also liked that uh, when the explosion happened, you see like the the other characters in a different part of the city. Like they all sort of join up and they hear the explosion. And they're like, "That's our Simon." That's, you know, that's like the that. last one liner I wrote down, Lisbon, because they all in unison go, "That's our Simon." <laughs> As if we are the audience supposed to be like, that wacky Simon. What yeah. a scam. What a, what a rascal. Cut to some amount of time later, and it's it the matter. wedding of the tech guy's daughter and the, the daughter of the other villain 
ish guy who I guess is okay now because he and the head of the tech company are in a car together and drive off together. And I'm it's, like, wait a minute, wasn't he evil? It's not. No, it, he wasn't it, evil. He was. He was in a. He was getting blackmailed. Okay, right? I guess that's yeah, the both thing. Both of so them were, were getting blackmailed. We're, we're to be. We're to forgive him for his involvement in faking the kidnapping. Right. Exactly. Anyway, uh, they drive off together, and then boy, wouldn't you believe it? We get one more absolutely horrible bit. Oh. Where oh, a yeah. yellow motorcycle and the outfit that Simon's wearing in the beginning ride up, and the the helmet comes off, and it's. Dane Cook, and he's got the goatee and the piercings of and Simon. And he's got the yellow wig on yep. and a bunch of fake tattoos. Yeah, like like <laughs> fake like, like tattoos. children's tattoos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, temporary tattoos. <sighs> oh my god! And uh, and he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm Simon now, or whatever, you know. And you're just like, well, he's man, that was his first solo mission. Yeah. Christ. And we end on him and the tech monks just bantering as credits roll. Just blah, blah, blahing. And that's the end of the movie. Once again, it, it, a shot that goes for way too long. Yeah. A tape that is, has no business being as long as it is. And yeah. that's the perfect ending for this film. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. yep. I mean, they should have... They could have just cut it at "That's Our Simon" mm-hmm. roll credits, yeah. but I think, like John was saying, they were trying to maybe set up a sequel. So you have to have this character development for Michael. Mm-hmm. Were they? Were they? Um, were they setting up Dane Cook to be the protagonist of the next film? Uh, no, I think it still would have been a two-hander. Okay, I think okay. it would have been Simon's Adventures, and this guy, Dane Cook, would be his sidekick. Because okay. I think the whole idea is, like, with the franchise, they would want all these characters to come back, right? You get the tech monks. You get more Dane Cook. All your friends are back in Simon Says Again. Uh, See, but next time you said it in Italy, and now they're, like, tech Vatican priests. Oh, there you go, yeah. Mm. There it is. Oh, it's boy. It's got to always be the same shtick. Man, we are uh, more than happy to write this one off the calendar now, listen, aren't we? Uh Check yeah, check this yeah. box. We watch Simon Says. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, the best of the movie. What do we think the best kill in this movie is? I could not tell you. I, I think I, mean, the, I think it's between two. Alex, Spirit through the throat. That's was one. Pretty good. The the spear through the throat or the guy going out the window onto the van. I think are Ooh, are the uh-huh. two highlights. Because yeah. because. The thing about the both falling ones, the 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 first one is better out the window because the the falling off the bridge, we never we don't see the guy land. Yeah, he just disappears no. off camera. This one, you actually see the guy land on top of a van that gets crushed in. Yeah. What did kind of make me sad is with both the falling deaths, there was no Wilhelm scream for either of them. There wasn't, that was, and that would have been. Yeah. I agree. That is. I'm shocked that they didn't go. There is the like a muffled kind of quiet scream, but it doesn't have the effect of the Wilhelm scream. I agree. Yeah. You know what? You've convinced me, Alex. I'm going spirit of the throat because it was missing the Wilhelm scream. That would have put it over the top. But what I was going to say, what so. is good about them is they are real stunt guys doing free falls. So I can yes. support that. But I got to give it to the spear as well, just because it's so violent and so out of nowhere and unnecessary. And Lisman, we do love an unnecessary kill on this show. We're like, why? That was uncalled for. (laughs) Once again, for a random henchman 
to get it that bad and also for Dane Cook to perfectly throw a spear into someone's throat is and then like be so ecstatic about yeah I think he does a fist bump like all right I mean yes. once again it's PG-13 so we don't see it but in actuality, those guys are looking at a blood... That guy's choking on his own blood. Like, yeah. it is a it horrific... It wouldn't be instant. No. No. It would jam into his throat, and he would be gurgling would for a while. Yeah. Or drown in his own blood. Yeah. yeah. He's, they've punctured his throat, and he can't breathe. Yeah. Blood's pouring in. I mean, it would be a horrific death to witness. Uh, <laughs> and Dan Cook's like, all right! Uh, <laughs> let's go through these one-liners here. And I, I have a feeling, mm. Lisbon, I know where you're leaning. Uh, and, uh, so uh, let's start at the beginning. Of course, Dennis Rodman says before he goes into action, "It's game time." Uh, when the villain first sees Dennis Rodman, he says, "When did Interpol start hiring sideshow freaks?" Uh, Dennis Rodman says to Dane Cook, "Tell me what's going on before I Picasso uh, before I go Picasso on your ass and rearrange your face." I even had to take a breath midline there, which is why it's a bad one liner. Uh, yep. This exchange between uh, the dancer and Zin Zin. What are you doing here? Making sure you get the job done. Job this! And she kicks the crate in it. Listen, I can already see you laughing at that. Uh, oh, while they're driving in the gun battle, Dane Cook does say, Excuse us, major gun battle coming through. Uh, after Dane Cook pukes while going on the parachute car, Dennis Rodden does say, Caucasians. Uh... <laughs> Uh, when the general goes to walk away from the deal with the bad guy, the villain says, don't turn your back on me, and shoots him in the back. Uh, what does this say? Oh, yeah, yeah. When Dennis Rodman shows up with flowers, he does say, I brought you flowers, baby, to his ex-girlfriend, who's, of course, upset to see him. Uh, when the sheep are crossing the bridge, the villain says, it's a bridge, not a petting zoo. And Dane Cook knocks a guy out and says, nice talking to you. Uh, and then at the end, of course, when the place explodes, everybody says, that's our Simon. Listen, are you leaning towards job this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what other choice is there? Like, what, just what, what utter, other utter nonsense. Have? Alex, I know you, I know you, 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 you favor Caucasians, right? I, I Caucasians do. Caucasians is also, it's very, very, very similar. Just, it's absurd. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But, I mean, both are very. Yeah, good I. I think I sense. think I gotta settle it and go with uh, job this as well. I just. I can agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? That is not anything. It's, it's great. nothing. Yeah. That's not the English language. Yeah. It's not job this. Uh, all right. Well, as you guys know, I'm always in search of the strangest IMDb reviews I can find, mm -hmm. and uh, here's a here uh, here's a review that comes to us from. Leif 18 and the review okay. is titled don't know what all you guys complain about <laughs> you have an action film one hell of a lady and total action throughout the film what did you rent it for four question marks a movie with some point and relationship problems and all that kind of stuff two question marks you get what you want action and lots of it 10 out of 10 stars Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's Leif 18's defense of Simon Says. 
His defense is you get what you pay for, which isn't much. Um, I mean, I yeah. paid two ninety nine, and I did yeah. not get my value. No, out I, of I, it. I nope. simply, yeah, I think we all paid two ninety nine, and I, I, I want I, that money back. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost ponied up the three ninety nine for the HD version, and then decided it wasn't worth it. I need this in the highest of quality possible. Is there a four K must... of this by any chance? No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, listen, I, as always, we do check in with our old friend Bruce Winning over on Amazon.com. He did not watch yeah. this movie, but we re- I had a different review, but we referenced a movie here that I thought, actually, you know what, let's have him do that, which is the aforementioned Die Another Day. So it's time oh, for okay. The Winning Opinion. Uh, here is Bruce Winning's review of the James Bond adventure Die Another Day, which, yes, as, as mentioned before, has a sun laser beam in it. Uh, he, <laughs> this review is titled, Pierce Brosnan's 007 is good action and violence. 235 5.1 theater quality. This is my second 007 movie with Amazon Prime Video. This is the kind of TV that I prefer. I like the action and violence. I like the high-tech gizmos. I like the helicopters very much. There is one helicopter stunt that is very much to my liking. Five out of five stars. <laughs> what do you think it is? Doesn't Which one describe, is it? Doesn't the helicopter stunt? The helicopter stunt? No, he doesn't describe it. He doesn't care to... I don't remember a helicopter being in Die Another Day. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies has a great helicopter motorcycle chase with Brosnan yes. where they try to kill him with the blades and he slides the motorcycle under the blades of the helicopter which is really yeah. awesome I don't remember oh, yeah. a helicopter being in being uh, in Die Another Day like it's it's got the it has the jet car uh, it has the hovercraft it's got the hovercraft chase at the beginning which actually rules the beginning of that movie is great um, it has the like parasailing, like the yeah, uh, where he's uh, where he's sailing the tsunami, like the I, that's where yeah. they melt the ice glacier, and he's parasailing it, which is one of the worst moments. That's how he gone. escapes oh, from the, the sun yeah, laser. That's really bad. Uh, yeah, they they push the helicopter out of the back of a cargo plane. They do. I okay, uh, yes. Uh, I, now, I, I had to do a quick Google. Now I, I rem- okay. Now I remember when because the they're on the bad guy's plane and it's ex- it explodes. <laughs> But there's a helicopter in the plane that James Bond and Halle Berry get in and fly it out as the plane explodes around them. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. I do. It, I always I forget the that. end of that movie because that movie's so overstuck. It has like three climaxes. It, there's, there's too yeah. much going on in that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of its problem because uh, that movie just needed to settle down. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. So there you go. That's what Bruce Wedding enjoyed, I guess. Great. Uh, <laughs> He, so we now know a new thing about Bruce. He loves he helicopter loves stuff. Yeah, we're always yep. learning more about him. He's he's yeah. He's a, he's a, an ever peeling onion, uh, Bruce. <laughs> Just new layers all the time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Next week on the show, we're going to change things up because we're. <laughs> I don't know if we get a, a bigger change in leading man. Ooh. But then, b- before we get to that, should yeah. we uh, come up with our... Uh, oh, God, you're right. Movie? You're right. Jesus, I almost forgot that because this episode is overstuffed. Um, yes. But you're right. Uh, look, this episode had to be long. We've been trying to keep the show shorter. We do understand. Yes. But this episode, this movie just gave us way, way too much to talk about. You're yes. right. Good call, Lisman. We need to come up with a new vehicle for Dennis Rodman. All right. If What is the best way to spotlight the guy? So let's come up. We're going to use our handy-dandy... Uh, randomizer here. 
and uh, I'm going to get an action movie title generator. Dennis, so this is Dennis Rodman in... <laughs> I think this is perfect for Dennis. Soldier of Overkill. Oh, my. <laughs> Soldier okay. of Overkill. Okay. So I take it we have Dennis Rodman as some form of soldier, mercenary, something like that, who is known for just laying waste. Single-handedly like, toppling government. This is the guy you call in when you want everything decimated. If you really need somebody to commit a genocide, <laughs> you, you yeah. know, Dennis Rodman is who you call. There him. is nothing left of wherever he's doing his missions. It's just a smoking just crater. A crater. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like Sunnydale at the end of Buffy, right? It's just a big yep. smoking hole in the ground. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, um, and what's the conflict he's doing? Uh, what, what does he have to do a mission where he can't do that? Is that the thing? Yeah, he has to yeah, be more like, tactical. Okay. Yeah, he has. It's like a yeah. It's more like spy, like espionage kind of stuff. And they, you know, we'll stick with they the James team Bond him up thing. with suave secret agent Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <gasps> and Kareem has to keep him in line the entire time. There, it's it's we we turned it into kind of a buddy thing, right? A mismatched partner thing, where Kareem is the tactical, you know, espionage-minded one, and Dennis Rodman's the soldier of overkill. There's there's definitely a scene in there where Rodman goes to pick up like a RPG or a, <laughs> a, a missile launcher, mm -hmm. and Kareem just takes it out of his hand and gives him like a like a silenced PP7. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this would fit the mission, you know. What is it revealed at the end that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is actually the villain, and he's working against <laughs> Dennis Rodman? And, and so Dennis thereby... Rodman learns that he needs to go hog wild. Yes. Like his style. Well, of, I think of tactics. I'm with you, listen on that because the movie is called Soldier of Overkill, so we need to exactly. ultimately side with the overkill. Right. <laughs> so, somehow, Kareem's plans to file. Kareem's plans could only be foiled if Rodman is let just fully loose. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes overkill is the only option. Uh, yeah. Is, and is, I'm is really glad line. that we all settled on Dane Cook not being in. No, movie. no, Dane Cook never be in another yeah. film again. No, I think idea. we banned. I don't him know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, now I'm going to get to what happens next week on the show. Thank you, Lisman, for Sometimes I forget segments. Uh, That's right. Um, next week on the show, I was going to say, we. I don't think we can go have a bigger change in leading man than from Dennis Rodman to beloved mm -hmm. sitcom star John Ritter. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Three's company Jack Tripper himself did okay. make a straight-to-video action movie in the 90s. And that okay. movie is called Mercenary. Okay, generic. <laughs> John Ritter uh -huh. in Mercenary. Well, if you think that's generic, Lisman, would you like to hear the extremely generic tagline for this movie? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, here it is, uh, if I can scroll down. Here we go. In a desert wasteland, an ex-commando battles for revenge. Mercenary. Yeah, that doesn't say anything. Yeah, no, that could be any number <laughs> of movies we've watched. Uh, 1996's Mercenary, starring John Ritter. 
the same year that Space Jam came out. Same year that Space Jam. I want to remind out. everybody, Space Jam came out that year. So just think about that when you're watching this. This movie. has got some interest. This is an interesting cast in this movie as well. We've got uh, we've got some great uh, uh, character actors and some action shell favorites in here. So we'll look and also forward. Marvin the Martian. <laughs> He he had, was pulling double duty. He actually, they actually had to cut some scenes with him in Space Jam because he was on the set of Mercenary, and they they had to make that work with his schedule. <laughs> right, exactly. And they they had to uh, digitally put on a mustache. Yeah, uh, yeah, a mustache in one of them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It was a similar Mission Impossible to Justice League situation. Yep. Yeah. And they just yeah, exactly. couldn't work between these two companies. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Mercenaries on the show next week, guys. It is available for you to view if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber. So oh, uh, you can watch it on there. Uh, Alex, really, truly, thank you for joining us for this episode. Because thank yeah. you, thank you for having me back. This it was is, um, this is next level action. It was an show. experience. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> something I will struggle to forget. Oh God, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I will not be forgetting years. this movie anytime soon. Is right. I will be doing my best to try them. Yes. <laughs> uh all right well uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the action shelf i'm john campbell i'm michael isman till next week get yourself some action the action shelf the action shelf is part of the panel up podcast network remember to follow us on social media we're at action shelf pod on instagram and twitter and you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panelup to get cool, exclusive bonus content. Ooh.